Hey, everybody, it's episode 366 of PodQuest. Hey! It's Wednesday, August 18th, 2021. I am Chris. With me is Druton. Hello. And Walnut. Hi. How you guys doing? Oh, doing all right. Usually Druton chimes in first. Uh, oh, cool. Uh, you know, I'm all right. I'm fine. <laughs> oh, he just, he dropped. That's why oh, he is he... not. <laughs> I heard, I heard, I think, um, it's super windy around here. I hope his internet didn't go out or something. Oh, he's it's back. back. It, it should be fine now. I, I should have booted up my PC earlier. It, it likes to drop the internet, like, 10 minutes after I booted up for, like, a that's weird. very yeah. That's very weird. That sounds I don't like know a problem. What the fuck is ha- I, yeah, I don't know. I've tried it, running the like uh, the troubleshooter, but I don't know. Oh, the 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 Windows troubleshooter is absolute garbage. Oh, yeah, Do you? Sure. Is it wired or wireless? Wired. Um, go into your device manager. Not now, obviously. Um, double check like in device manager. Try and update the driver for your network card. Um, if that says it found nothing, go to like Dell's website. Um, type in your service tag number. And download the latest network driver and install that. Um, yeah, it'll tell I, you if it's the newest one or not. Odds are it's not, though. Probably. But yeah, that's that shouldn't be happening at all. Yeah, no. But it, ha, how are you? Because you dropped as I asked that. Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And Rich, you didn't actually get the answer because we realized Drew dro- got dropped. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I'm doing. That's Yeah, I'm just doing. You're alive. Yeah, yeah. We'll go with that. For now, at least. Yeah. 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 So yeah, there, there's there, there's nothing else to uh to ramble about this week. So let's just uh, Rich, what's on the on the docket? We're not gonna ramble. We're not. We're 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 gonna have a stacked show. So rambling is probably not a good idea right now. Uh, something about comic stuff for you, Cobb. Uh, Substack comic. I don't really know. I haven't looked at this until just now. I had a busy day. Uh, there was a Pokemon Direct that I did get to watch. Um, and then, uh, Drew and you got to play, uh, the closed beta for Diablo 2 Resurrected, as well as the beta for Back for Blood. Uh, Cobb, you watched Titans Season 2 and 3. No spoilers, please. I haven't gotten around to it. Um. Look, man, this Season 2's been out for two years. I know. It's, it's my fault for Season 2, at least. Season 3, like, just re- was released, I believe. I, only the first three episodes are out. Um, then, uh, Skate the Infinity is an anime that Cobb thinks I will enjoy. I think and then, will. and then, me and Cobb, as well as Druton, sat down for four hours each and watched AEW All Out 2019 wrestling. To be fair, it, it. It, it was only like two and a half hours for me because I watched it on one and a half times. <laughs> Lucky motherfucker. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that more like later. But I will say, watching them go slightly faster to do some of the things they do, super amusing. <laughs> yeah, I'm just so this Substack thing. Uh, have either of you got, I doubt it, but have either of you heard of this at all? Not before no. I read this 30 seconds. Right. So it's a platform that a lot of people have been using for like newsletters for a while now. A lot of, a lot of comic creators in general have been using it for newsletters. I don't know if they just started doing this or what, but you can now do paid subscriptions on it. And so a bunch of pretty prominent comic creators are setting up like their own sort of imprints on the platform. And it's um for the most part it's seven dollars a month, like seventy dollars a year, or they all have like a like a higher option of like somewhere between two and three hundred dollars that gets like a whole bunch of other stuff. Um but they're they're basically using this to do creator owned books. And rather than having to like Make so, and I just actually found this out listening to a live stream that that some of these guys did. If you're going to do a creator-owned book and get it published at like Image Comics, for instance, 
you have to have three issues completely done before they'll even solicit it. And solicitations for comics are the basically the things that go out to the comic shops so that they can order books. So that's generally three to four months um, prior to the book shipping. So you're talking about having three issues completely done six months before or like four months before a book is going to ship. Mm-hmm. Um, which like, if that's the, o- as an artist, that might, that's probably the only thing you're doing unless you're also squeezing in some like work for higher covers or something like that. Um, so that's, you know, that's a lot of time to be sitting around hoping your book does well enough that you're going to actually make money off of it. Yeah. With Man. this Substack thing, you're actually getting the chance to, and the dog's barking at something. Um, you're getting the chance to kind of set up like a Patreon sort of thing, but to like give people digital copies of comics and then take them to comic book shops for physical sales later, huh. which is like, it's kind of cool. And a lot of these platforms, they're like, so one of them is uh, Donny Cates and Ryan Segman, who just got off of a really good um, Venom run. Okay. They just launched one like together. And they have a they have a creator owned book that is going to physically release over at Image, but that they are going to be also releasing digitally through their Substack. And they're also working with a bunch of other creators to do other books that they're both working on in like different capacities. And as part of it, as part of the subscription, you're not just going to get the digital copies of the books. They're going to do like live streams of like pages actually being drawn or behind the scenes stuff of them actually working out the plot of the book to an extent, like how they want like a page to flow without like spoiling anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's a really interesting idea that sort of takes this stuff away from like the big publishing houses that kind of make it impossible to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it also sounds like Substack is giving cr- certain creators money to come to their platform. Um, so I saw, um, James Tinian, who he is currently writing Batman. He's done a, he's done a bunch of, um, creator owned stuff as well as a ton of stuff for DC. He basically got offered two contracts, one from DC to just keep doing Batman for another exclusive amount of time or to go work at Substack and they would give him like funding upfront to make books, which means like he is getting money upfront to like sustain himself as well as to hire, like, the artists and everything that would have to do the the other half of the book, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and uh, I saw at least one of these creators um, mention that Substack gave him, like, the funding up front. So he's actually donating all of his, all of the subscription money for the first year to charity. Oh, nice. Yeah, um, that was Chip Zartsky, who does, um, he's doing Daredevil right now. He did Sex Criminals, like... Okay. He, He's very good at both writing and drawing comics. Okay. Um, but yeah, like he's just like I they gave me a bunch of money. Like I don't need the subscription fees right now because he's also still doing like his work for higher stuff for like Marvel and things. So he's like, so I'm just going to donate all this subscription stuff to charity for for this year. Like whatever whatever comes in, my portion of it is going to go to charity. So I assume Substack is just like Patreon or Kickstarter is taking some amount of money to themselves. Um, cause like, why else would they be pushing this? Right. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's really interesting to see this happening. And there's at least a dozen pretty prominent creators that have already like announced their own, whatever, like imprint or whatever they're calling it over here. Uh, some people that are actually stepping away from one of the big two entirely. Um, uh, fuck, I can't, uh, Jonathan Hickman, who 
is sort of the the mastermind behind the the X-Men reboot from 2 years ago. Okay. Um he has been basically the head of the X-Men line for the last 2 years. Like yeah. he was writing the core X-Men book, but then he was also sort of like helping to keep all of the other X-Men books kind of in line with like the overall vision. He is leaving that to go do a thing on Substack. Um Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo who have been doing like DC work for the last decade are both stepping away from DC to go do a Substack. So, and like Ryan Stegman has been on Marvel for a decade or more than a decade. Like he has done exclusive work for Marvel for the last 10 to 15 years. Um he just he's no longer doing Marvel work because he is doing his Substack thing now and he can only draw one book a month. So his choice is do his creator owned thing that's totally his or keep working for Marvel. Yeah. It it definitely sounds that that makes it sound a little bit of a commentary on industry as a whole. Yeah, exactly. And like a lot of these guys will tell you like they have never had an issue with like Marvel or DC, but they're frankly like they're kind of like the top names in in the industry right now. Like Uh Like when they get put on the big books because they are the names that even if people aren't buying those books, they will sell books. Um, And like there's a lot of people that like aren't in that position where like they just have to kind of deal with whatever like bullshit Marvel or DC wants to throw at them and hope that it pays off in the long run. Yeah. But like when you have an established name and you can go through like, hey, I'm doing my own thing now. Like, I mean, look at like Giant Bomb. Like... Like, uh, the, the three guys left Giant Bomb a month later, launched their own thing, and within, like, th- three or four days had over 12,000, um... Patrons. Yeah, thank you. I could not think of the... I was gonna say subscribers. I'm like, it's not subscribers. What's the what's the word I'm looking for here? <laughs> like, that's... It's, it's like that sort of thing. Like, they already have a following, so people are going to follow them. Yeah. Yeah, but it's... It, it's it's nice to see that there's more, like, I guess, an open source access for comic small comic creators. It's it's easier for them to get their stuff out besides just hoping they go viral on Instagram at this point. Yeah, exactly. And like traditional publishing is very hard. Like it's 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 expensive to publish a book. Um the the companies that do uh creator owned stuff generally from what I've heard have pretty like pretty strict stipulations on like what books they'll take, like what you have to do to get the book done, all that sort of stuff. And like, like I was saying, um, Image, apparently, you have to have three books completely done before they'll even solicit it. So mm-hmm. if that's the case and you don't have the money to bankroll it up front, you're just going to be hoping you, you get a paycheck from this in four to five months. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. And it, it's less – I guess it in a way it's it's less stressful than like a Kickstarter too because it's it's a long term. Like a kick, like a ton of people kickstart comics. And it's usually graphic novels, like some somewhere between like 80 and 120 pages. Some people do kickstart just like single issues or like slightly bigger issues, like 30 to 40 pages. But that's a, you know, 30 month to make X amount of dollars that you think it will cost to pay your bills while you work on your part of it. Plus, you know, colorists or artists or lettering or editing, plus all the physical um, printing and shipping and everything costs. And it's like, if you don't make your fifteen, twenty thousand dollars in those thirty days, like it failed. Like you're not making that book that month. Uh yeah. whereas with this, it's like if you get a steady trickle of subscribers, even if it's not enough to like sustain you like month to month, if you can especially if you're if you are a writer and an artist, you can kind of work on the book on your own time, release pages, do other like behind the scenes stuff to keep people subscribed. And 
do like work for higher stuff to pay the bills basically yeah. until you build up that following or have enough stuff banked that you can then release it as a full comic. Yeah. Like it's it's going to be a good move for known artists and writers to go to this right away, but for like the newbies it's it's going to it's the essentially the Twitch and YouTube of comic book writing. It's like all right, you might be able to get enough people to enjoy your stuff to where it'll pay for itself, but it might not pay for you to live and it might be forever before you actually get to that point. Exactly. Exactly. And I know um one of the more interesting ones I saw was Scott Snyder um aside from doing like some creator owned books which he had actually just before this announced a deal with Amazon to do um a bunch of exclusive comicsology stuff too. Mm-hmm. But he is using his as um as like a classroom cuz he actually he used to teach um college courses in writing and I guess like even prior to COVID, like, had stopped doing that because he was doing comics so much that his subscription platform is actually going to be, like, writing classes. He's going to do, like, Zoom classes and, like, long-form, like, blog posts and stuff like that about writing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so, and it's, it's, it seems like it's going to be focused on comic book writing for people that want to get into that. But a lot of the stuff that I've seen, because I, I, I'm subscribed to, like, the free version of most of these things, because it's all creators that I follow, and like why not i've only subscribed to a few of them for like the pay stuff like the ones that like i'm actually like that whose books i buy all the time but um from what i've been seeing on like his free stuff it's going to be very like geared towards just writing in general like if you want to learn how to write better like he is going to be kind of doing the same stuff he was teaching in his college courses Mm -hmm. and like a bunch of the people that he taught in his writing courses are like fairly well-known writers in comics now yeah so like the dude definitely knows what he's doing, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a weird but interesting thing, and I, I'm curious to see if it if it has any bigger changes in comics. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but yeah, that's it for for the Substack stuff. What did you guys think of the Pokemon Direct? It it was fine. Um, I I just really didn't care about the mobile shit. I just same like. <laughs> I yeah, I, I didn't all all the way over yeah, it. Yeah. Um. Part of part of the mobile stuff made me come up with a uh, potential discussion topic we can have in the future. Um. We'll add it to the document. I already did, and Good. I'm going to tell you what it is now. Well, don't Mas- ruin it. No, I'm going to tell you what it is now because you're just going to laugh. Because all it says is mascots who shouldn't be mascots, and it just says Pikachu. That's it. That's all the description for this question. Pikachu's a wonderful mascot. Fuck Pikachu, man. Pikachu You're... is not the best Pokemon. There's a better Pokemon in Pikachu, and that's fucking Raichu that no one uses because, oh my god, Pikachu. So no, Raichu's like the Pikachu. worst. Raichu's awesome. He's I've awesome. never... Nobody likes Raichu. Alolan Why? Raichu is okay. Raichu is great, but no one uses him because you need to use a Lightning Stone because Ash only ever used a Pikachu, and Pikachu was level 99 fighting against level 1s, because Ash is a fucking cheater. Look, just... Pikachu's the only thing that he's kept. He's gotten rid of every other powerful Pokemon he has ever owned. Yeah, because he's a shitty trainer. Like, he has owned legendary Pokemon and have given them up. Yeah, because he's a shitty trainer. Uh, But we can get on that discussion some other time, or we've actually had it in the past as well. Um, But yeah, the mobile games were the mobile games. They are what they are. Um, I just, I, and this, again, Pokemon, uh, what is it? The, the, the Unite. Like, if, if enough people, uh, pre, 
download or whatever, like pre-subscribe to the mobile game, you can get a special skinned Pikachu or two. Like, who gives a fuck about Pikachu? Hate it. Everybody. Everybody but you. I don't, honestly, I don't think that's true. No, Pikachu is everywhere in Japan. People love Pikachu. I I I hate it. I hate how big Pikachu is. Uh, and al- then- also, just 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 to correct something you said before, um, the Lightning Stone to evolve Pikachu predates the anime. Like that has always been how the games worked, and that's why Raichu sucks. The only Pokemon that you evolve with a stone that doesn't suck are the Eevees because they still learn moves. Every other Pokemon you evolve with a fucking Thunderstone, and it just cripples them. Well, I mean, that's why you don't evolve them until they get this, the move that you want. Uh, and at that point, why bother evolving them? Just leave leave them the way they are. Because their more, stats go up. They're, they're more powerful. Their stats go up. Barely. I, it's, I mean, you know what? That barely could be a big difference. And actually, I don't know how much the stats go up now, but like back in Gen 1, they really didn't go up all that much. They, 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 I mean, they, they probably go up the same amount as if you evolve a Charmander into a Charmeleon or a Charmeleon into a Charizard. Like... The stats probably barely go up, but they still go up. I know. Raichu, Raichu is still not a good Pokemon. There are plenty uh, of better Pokemon than Raichu. Oh, and there's plenty of better Pokemon than fucking Pikachu. Only like three. No, no. <laughs> no. There's so many better Pokemon. I don't know, man. I will battle you with a Pikachu and I will kick your ass. You know what? I'll battle you with a fucking Magikarp and I'll kick your ass. That's um, just, that, that's type disadvantage. There's no way that will happen. I mean, it could still happen. If I know my EV trainings and everything, I could do it. Uh, I, well, it depends on which game, because, like, some you... Well, yeah, I mean, in in early gens, Magikarp didn't even have Tackle. Now he has Tackle, so... I mean, there was that guy that beat um Leon with uh, Magikarp in Pokemon Sword and Shield. I saw... I watched a video of someone winning... I think it's Fire Red and Leaf Green, or it might have been... Let's go Eevee or Pikachu with a fucking Metapod. Yeah, I mean, so if, if you catch a, a Caterpie um, and then evolve it, it keeps Tackle. So like nope. you could theoretically... Nope, he caught a Metapod and beat the game. Because when you use all their moves, they use Struggle, which deals damage. Oh, so he just basically like used up all of the, the PP. Oh, and... And I think he, he defeated the entire Elite Four with just a Metapod. I think what he did was he hardened through the entire fight, each of the fights, and then just struggled against all of their Pokemon. Hmm. Yeah, and honestly, if you got that thing up to level 99, it would be 30 levels higher. So a Tackle is going to do some damage, and the Harden will have its defense up high enough that they're not going to do as much damage. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, that, that would be reasonable. Yeah, that's... I'll have to I'll have to find the video and share it with you guys sometime. But uh, other than the than the lackluster mobile games, uh, what did you guys think of the brilliant diamond and shining pearl stuff? I Mostly I like the skipped I like over the... that too. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's fine. Go ahead. No, that I I really just mostly skipped over it. I had read what they announced about it in there, so mm-hmm. it was like not much really. Yeah, I mean, I I don't have a fond or big memory of playing uh, diamond and pearl. So, I'm interested in it. I like the art style. I like how the game looks. I like how, like, it goes from that little chibi version into, like, less chibi when you get into battles. Kind of, like, change from, like, world to battle uh, art style. Um, It it has probably some interesting uh, aspects to it. I don't know. I can't remember what the difference is between what wasn't in the original Diamond Pearl and what would be in this. 
Um, besides, oh yeah, you can, you can dress up your character now, which, whatever. Um. I think that may have been a thing you could do before, too. No, they, yeah, the, they, the they made was, a big deal saying that you can yeah. actually dress up your character. Yeah, okay, I, I kind of that was a thing till... That X was in... Y, maybe? And it, they just did it in Sword and Shield, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I think, and this is dumb, but I, I, I really like it. Uh, you can add stickers to the Pokeballs of the Pokemon that you're using. So when you throw it out, there's a different kind of flash than them just them popping out of the Pokeball. Which is like, it's really dumb. But I'm just like, that's really cool. That's kind of silly. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I actually, I have the opposite reaction to the, the style of the game. I think that, like, chibi style just, it looks bad. Because it's not even charming the way the Link's Awakening remake was. It just looks like the, the company that did the remaster was just too lazy to make full-size characters for the whole game. I mean, maybe. I... I... I don't have I I I don't complain of I don't have that complaint on that I think I think it looks fine for like it, it's it yeah it looks good to me it, it looks enjoyable yeah I mean I don't I mean like you I don't really have any necessary nostalgia for that generation mm-hmm. um, frankly I feel like that generation was the one that started adding too many legendaries um, yeah because that was the one where you had the three lake spirits the two version exclusives um, Cressilia Shimon. Um, Darkrai, um, what was the fucking Giratina, plus all the other ones from the previous generations. Like, it, yeah. it was just getting, it was getting out of hand. Cause I, I think, I'm trying to remember. So, we, like, there's, there's four of them, or one, two, three, five of them in Gen 1. I think Gen 2 also had five also. So, I think Gen 2 had, it had the, the three dogs and then the two birds. Oh, and Celebi, yeah. so six. Yeah. And then three was right. Generation three was right around there too, because it had the two version exclusives plus the the green dragon, um, Rayquaza, yeah, and the the three rocks. But like by by four, it's like yeah, like every other Pokemon is a legendary. Oh, Arceus yeah. showed up in in four also. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like they, they just they went overboard with legendaries and um, I can't even remember the name of the of the region now, even though they said it like four times in this direct. Um, Sinnoh. Yeah. Does that sound right? Sinnoh? Yeah, I believe it's Sinnoh, yeah. Yeah, like, that was super unmemorable, in my opinion, also. Yeah, I, like, I don't believe I ever got far in that, in those games. If, like, yeah, I can't even remember how far I got. Like, I know there, there are some Pokemon games that I just flat out never played. Um, like, core, not just, like, the remake versions, like, the core versions that I just flat out never played. And I, like, I've been thinking I kind of want to go back and try them all out again, and, like I, I I'm I'm interested in in the the brilliant diamond shining pearl. It's I'm not gonna say it's like anything groundbreaking and amazing, but it it seems to have some like besides just being Pokemon and a like honestly in my opinion probably a better Pokemon than Sword and Shield. Um, I haven't even played it yet, and I'm saying that it it seems that it's like it, it's going to be like enjoyable to play whether you like the art style or not. See, I mean, I just, I think it just looks like a lazy remake when they've, every other game, the re, like, every other time they've remade the games, they've remade them up to the current generation standard. Um, cause they even did that with, um, with Let's Go Eevee and Pikachu. Like, it looked and for the most part functioned like Sword and Shield ended up playing. Other than, the, than the catch stuff where it was just like the Pokemon Go catching. Yeah. But, like, everything else was, was similar to Sword and Shield with, like, your 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 characters were 
like regular sized the buildings were regular sized it wasn't all that weird like half-assed chibi art that just i i think it the art style outside of battle just looks lazy like they did it's like they wanted to do the remake but they didn't want to actually put the work in to make it look like the current generation like they've done for every other remake yeah i mean i don't i personally don't need need that though like i that's not something that like like i don't i don't know I can't. Totally fair, but Cobb does totally have a valid argument on, like, why did they shortcut the... And because people have wanted this one for a while, like, it has been one people have wanted, and, like, DS games are still easy enough to play. Like, not everyone has gotten rid of their 3DS, and you can still buy 3DSs for, like, reasonable mm-hmm. prices. So, mm-hmm. like, there's not, like, I don't have a, I don't have a reason to buy this one. Like, all of the other remakes I've gotten because they've actually been upgraded versions of the original. This one doesn't look all that much, like, I mean, it looks different because the original one came out in 2006, but, like, they didn't really change how it works or anything like that. Yeah, great, I can add stickers and clothes. Like, I'm not going to do that anyway. It's a real weird decision they made to have the out-of-universe characters be all chibi, but then in, or out-of-battle characters be all chibi, but then in battle, they're, like, they look kind of like the modern, like, Sword and Shield. Yeah, that's why I said it. Why? Why? Game Freak didn't make this. I forget who did it, but it, it's not Game Freak because right. Game Freak's working on Legends. I think I don't know if Game Freak did Let's Go or not. Um, but I know I I'm I'm pretty so. sure they have done all of the other ones, which I feel is like why those games have always fallen in line with whatever the current generation has been because they've almost been released as like a a second interstitial because you know I mean you guys know like the Pokemon games historically would have like your red blue yellow and then something else or I'm sorry red blue and yellow would be like the the trio of games right mm-hmm. and then after generation three it was well let's do emerald and then let's also do fire red and leaf green and fire red and leaf green looked like ruby sapphire and emerald and then they did the same thing with the DS generation with um the gold and silver remakes they looked mm-hmm. like the DS generation. But this this one is just like, oh, yeah, this one just some of the game looks like current stuff and some of the game looks like it should have been released on 3DS. Uh, from what I could I, find, the company who's developing this has really only done Pokemon Home and this game. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure that's actually right. I vaguely remember that now that you know that you say that. Yeah, though, no, I guess actually and I just thought about this like it would have been I, I wonder how it would look to have like, the modern character art in the like, isometric world waving around. I mean, they did it in Let's Go. Did they? Okay. Yeah, Let's Let's Go didn't... So it would be just like in Sword and Shield when you're not in the wild area. Because anytime you weren't in the wild area, like, it was... A, if, I, I might be misremembering, but it, you didn't have free camera room. Like, it was a fixed isometric kind of angle to it, right? I'm not misremembering that, am I? I fucking... <laughs> You uh, definitely didn't have camera control when you weren't in the in like a wild area. No, I no, you didn't. You didn't. Yeah, it was all behind the behind the car. It was all stationary camera that followed. They definitely could have made this game look like those games. They just didn't. And maybe it was just a matter of Game Freak wasn't willing to give the code up to this company that had not really proven it was able to do anything. Because like Pokemon Home is not a game. <laughs> yeah, I mean maybe it it just could have flat out been a design choice to make it it might have been easier to animate the chibi style because like you don't see their legs and shit it's easier to move them and whatnot it's easier to do that stuff with the chibi style than to have the whole game look at the look like the bigger style like maybe it might have been a cost a corner cutting 
uh, method because it was cheaper and easier to do it that way. I wonder if it actually would be any easier to do it that way. Had like that's why I said like I wonder if Game Freak just didn't want to give over like the assets and everything and the engine they used for Sword and Shield and Let's Go to this other company. I feel like that's not a choice that would have been left up to them. Well, when I say Game Freak, I also mean Nintendo. Yeah, but like, what's Nintendo's incentive? You know. I mean that's that's fair, but it's just it's the only thing I can think of. Like other than Richie said, like Richie said, it just being like they were trying to just cut costs by not animating everything. And you cannot animate uh, body parts by just making those body parts not actually visible, basically. What did you guys think of uh, the Arceus, Legend- Pokemon Legends Arceus? I continue to be intrigued by that game, but I don't feel like they really... I, I guess they gave us how like the actual game or story is going to be told. Which I think is actually really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, we already had a Pokemon game, essentially without gyms, with uh, Sword and Shield, um, and um, uh, Sun and Moon. I was going to say, Sun and Moon didn't really have them either, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, but, like, this is even, like, there's going to be no trainer battles from what I've seen. Uh, Everything's just going to be out in the wild. It looks like things are going to be really high level and strong. Um, Like, even, like, stuff that you would expect to be low level is going to be pretty damn strong. Maybe it'll just power up with you or something. I don't know. Um, I have a feeling that's going to be this. The 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 battle system looks neat. It's a nice different change to what we're used to. With it being like a back and forth. Like it makes speed matter now. Because your speed could be fast enough that you could have two turns in a row sometimes. Which to me is like a good thing. It's what speed should yeah. do. Yeah. And it, like a, lo- a lot of ter- like RPGs after you know, numerous iterations kind of went in that route. Like, Final Fantasy X was like that. Yeah, I was going to say, and I forget if I said it in the messages or not, but the turn order thing reminded me of Final Fantasy X. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was the first thing that popped in my head, too. And also, um, uh, the Shin Megumi Tensai, um, uh, I can't remember the fucking name. It, it was the one where it was a crossover with Fire Emblem. It was on the Wii U, and then, was, then they released on the Switch. I can't oh, remember. Is that that yeah. one where they're like they're like idols and, perf- and stuff yeah, like that? I, yeah, I it's never played goofy, that one. But fun. Yeah. Um. I it, it's actually very good, but I can't remember the name of it. Um. Something sessions. Uh, it's gonna drive Sergio me. Mirage sessions. Thank you. Yeah. There you that's go. it. Uh. That one had a similar thing where when you went into battle, depending on the speed of your characters, your order would be different every time because your mm-hmm. enemies might actually get multiple attacks or maybe all of the enemies are faster. So they all attack first and then your team can go. Yeah. Yeah. So, and like, I like the idea of like the battle styles where they can be attacking hard or attacking fast. And that also alters like how their speed and their power and everything like the The battle system itself looks very interesting I hope it's good, and I hope they take this for further generations, and don't just keep it with Legends Arceus. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see how some of that uh that real time stuff where the Pokemon are attacking the the trainer is going to work because they they showed in in some of the clips of you having to like dodge out of the way of like lightning attacks and stuff mm-hmm. like that prior to throwing a Pokeball. Like, is that only before you actually initiate the battle? Can that happen during the battle where you also are like moving your your character around? It made it seem like once you got into a battle, it was like a fixed thing. Yeah, but that's but it's like it's gonna be like you could have three Pokemon going after your one, but it's gonna be like it once you throw that Pokeball, the Pokemon are focusing on your Pokemon and not on you. 
until your Pokemon goes down again. Did yeah. it show multiple? It didn't show multiple battles? in a battle, but there are instances where there's going to be multiple Pokemon around you. Whether oh, that for sure. Whether that means that like it's gonna you're gonna fight one Pokemon at a time, but three Pokemon in a fight, or three Pokemon at once, I don't know. But like it, there's definitely going to be some form of multiple enemies. There has to be. Otherwise, the game's going to be too easy because you're going six Pokemon against one for the entire game since there's no trainer battles or things like that. Do we know you're getting to carry six like normal? I think I saw that there was like that they had six Pokemon or six okay. Pokeballs in like their power. I think. I can't remember for sure. But like even if it's only two Pokemon, it's still like two on one. Like the game's still going to like unless it's just one on one the entire time. Which, to me, from what they were saying with the story, it seems like you're probably going to be swapping your party out quite frequently. Because they're going to be asking you to, like, see different Pokemon, see different moves, and things like that. And so the best way to do it is to constantly swap out your party. Who knows, Which though? does who make knows? sense. Yeah, who knows? Because you are doing research. It's, it's early times. You're researching these Pokemon that you may have never seen before. Um, I did like, also, that there are some, like... Uh, variants. For instance, Growlithe is Fire Rock. And he, and he looks kind of cool, too. He, he looks different. Yeah. Uh, um, Stantler gets an evolution. Um, and so does one other one, the stupid uh, fish. I can't remember what its name is. Oh, ba- Bas- Basculin? I yeah. think the the one that that Drew and I were talking about because it's fucking dark as shit. It's the yeah. It's the it's a ba- a baskin or whatever the the base form is possessed by the dead souls of its other um schoolmates that have died on its trek up river. And that is your main form of water transportation. <laughs> so you're riding on the souls of dead fucking fish. Which I I did think some of that stuff looked neat, like uh, you're, when you're flying with um whatever that I can't think of the flying name Pokemon's name, but you were basically in like a little like hang glider thing yeah. underneath of it, and he was it yeah. was just holding you by the by its claws. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and we have to talk about the Pokeball. It's like a steam powered Pokeball, steampunk Pokeball. Oh, and it and it shoots a little firework out when it catches something. It's great. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I, I wish Pokeballs were still steam powered in these games. Maybe they'll start doing that. Maybe they'll like start doing something like that in 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 future games. Um, but yeah, this game is definitely interesting to me. I I I hope it's good. I have hopes that it's going to be good. I can't say for sure whether or not I'm going to get it at launch. I can't remember if I even said when launch is. January. January. So we've got time. Um, but it is it is a very intriguing game, and it looks it looks nice. Like art wise, it looks nice. The, the the design for some of the variant Pokemon look look pretty cool. Um, I just I'm also just kind of annoyed that it's got the same three starters as the original from that air region. No, it doesn't. I thought no. it did. It's got, it's got three a... different ones. It's yeah, Cyndaquil, um, uh, Rowlet from Sun and Moon, right? Okay. Uh huh. And, and Oshwat from yeah. four or five. Okay. I, I'm, yeah, I'm, it's three different gens of there, starters. There was actually, um, when this game was announced, like, last year, um, I think it was GameSpot had an article up about the possible origin of why those three Pokemon were picked. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had to do with, like, their Japanese names kind of translating to specific things, like, that were more uh, feudal Japan-related. Right. Well, yeah, and it, well, it's Oshawott 
evolves into like a samurai based right right um uh uh outlet evolves into like it's like a, a samurai archer type thing it's supposed to be an archer i know that much i don't remember what it's called it was it was like a robin hood-esque character which yeah. is from a similar time period yeah as and, yeah and send quill which is japanese uh quilava is i believe that's quilava Ty- is no type Typhlosion. Typhlosion, yeah. Kolava's the second version. Typhlosion's the third. I can't remember what he's based off of, but yeah, his Japanese name is something based on, like, the feudal lands. Or feudal Yeah, and there was no confirmation from Nintendo or Game Freak about that, but it did line up to why those three Pokemon would have been chosen. Like, they were all existing starters with which worked, and then, like, you know, finding ways to tie them back into that time period. Yeah. Which yeah. is cool to see that, like, there are Pokemon, because it's the Sinnoh region before it became the Sinnoh region. Yeah. Uh, which, we, it's Gen 4, and it's interesting to see, like, oh yeah, here are these Pokemon that, like, in the present day are only seen in totally different regions. Like, Rowlet, it, what, Rowlet was the, um, the Alolan version, wasn't it? Like, that was the, it was, it was Rowlet, um, Fire yeah. Kitty, and I uh, forgot what the last one was. Was it Greninja? Uh, 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 no. Oh, actually, was it Froakie? No, I don't think Froakie. No, Froakie was black and white or X and Y. I'm ju- I'm I'm googling it real quick because I just can't remember. I remember. Oh, it was the seal Poplio. Okay. Oh, you know, I almost said Poplio, but I I I thought Poplio was a, older too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah, it was uh, Litten, Fire, the Fire Kitten, and then Rowlet and Poplio were the three starters. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I. I am definitely interested. Like, I will probably get Legends Arceus at mm-hmm. launch, as opposed to like Di- Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl will probably be the first mainline Pokemon game or remake that I don't buy, just because yeah. like there's I I have Diamond and and Pearl. Like, I I have those DS games, and it doesn't really look any better than the DS games to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But but Arceus looks cool as hell. Yeah, it does. At least we can all agree on that. No, it doesn't. You're the worst. I know. Drew, how, how's Diablo 2 resurrected? Well, speaking of games that look cool as hell, they did a real fucking good job, the art in that remake. Like, is, is that one of the ones that you can... I think Eric might have been saying this, that you can you can swap it back and forth? Yep, you can hit the G button on your keyboard, and it swaps back and forth between the current art and the old art. Because literally, they just have the game running on, on the old engine. Yeah, and like, it's just like... it's. Just images on top of the old assets. Yeah. I mean, th- they added a shit ton more frames of animation. Like, that's the craziest thing, is going back to the old art and seeing how few frames of animation are in shit. Co- especially compared to what they've done now. Like, just the movement looks weird in the old art mm-hmm. now. Like, I had been recently playing Diablo 2 every, every now and again just for shits and giggles, because why not? I had nothing else I really wanted to play. So I was like, yeah, let's load up Diablo 2 for a little bit. And, like, it never seemed weird to me until now. Now, looking at that old art, it's like, oh, wow, it's missing so much. Because it was a 30-frame game. Yeah. So it has half the frames of animation. And it just seems so weird. But then, like, nice touches they put on shit, like, when you're the sorceress and casting fire spells, like, a big arc of fire comes around her and real fast on the ground it leaves a circle of cindered ground from all the fire energy just pulling up through you 
and like the way the fire spells and lightning spells will light up an area when they hit something is real nice and like it just it is pretty phenomenal what they've done so uh, did you i i i'm just doing bad with words right now i believe i saw it's acts one and two did you get through both acts yep i beat both acts with the sorceress i have a sorceress up to like level 25 or 6 uh i had a paladin up to like 8 and uh drew it up to uh nice. it had everything but the assassin and necromancer were available to play uh and i think they're keeping the same for the open beta this upcoming weekend but i'm not sure i don't know if they've said either way um, but I just, like, I had started as an ice sorceress, but then decided to do something dumb, because why not? I decided to make, uh, the sorceress, uh, enchant and firewall-based, so those were, like, the only two spell, <laughs> only two spells I had that were beyond level one, other than warmth to regain <laughs> mana faster, but also warmth is a synergy for both firewall and enchant, so it worked out was working out pretty well because firewall is just fucking broke at least early in that that game like it just does so much damage mm-hmm. it, like things just die immediately and then since it was all multiplayer like i can just cast enchant on everyone and give them a whole bunch of added fire dance so so is it pretty faithful to the original yeah i mean well i mean it like i said it is literally running on the the base game they have not really changed anything about the game although i'm pretty sure they've added new unique items because i found four uniques while playing or well i picked up three eric picked up one i was playing with eric for a little while last saturday and we found a gold dagger which that's from base diablo 2 like a gold dagger dropped i'm like eric take that you're not really using a, your actual melee weapon because he was playing a smite paladin so he was just using his shield for attacks. Yeah. So he could afford to take the dagger that has one to four damage or whatever, but has a hundred percent increased magic fine. So I was like, take it. I don't need it. But then I found a set of boots, a helmet, and a shield, an, a, and a sword, a short sword that definitely were not the unique short sword buckler boots and cap from the fucking original game. And I'm like. Did I miss that they announced that there was new unique items in this? Because apparently I did. Maybe they didn't announce it. Maybe they just they might not have honestly. Like, and if they did, good good on them because I mean, for me personally, I'm 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 not I'm not interested in 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 this game. But like, it's nice to see someone see a company like not saying everything they're doing and just throwing things in there that might be new. Like, that wouldn't push me to go back and play, but, like, hey, add new things to this game that you're just pretty much copying and pasting the art over top of other things. Yeah, like, I mean, I know basically every single unique item when it drops. I'm like, okay, I know what that's going to be. But if there is actually new uniques, that's, like, that's a little bit of a game changer. It makes it a little more interesting for me. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, I don't know exactly what that is. At yeah. least not the first time. But also, if there's multiple of a certain item, like, then I'll never know. For... Mm-hmm. That does actually make it a different game. Yeah. But, I mean, beyond that, like, the I watched the intro video. I skipped the act cutscene because, like, I'll just watch that when playing the actual game. But they super overhauled the 
all the cutscenes. I saw some screen caps of things from cutscenes um, from the original and from now, and I'm like, wow, that actually looked really good in 2000. But like, holy shit, does it look mm-hmm. real now? Like the, those those like early 2000 cutscenes in in Diablo 2, like they look good for the t- like the pre-rendered stuff. Yeah, but like it's incredible, like what they look like now. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I guess the other big change is they've added shared stashes like Diablo 3 had. Okay. So you don't have to make mule characters to move shit around from character to character anymore. Oh, that was always the worst. Yeah. It's like, I'm just going to have this one random character that never gets played so I can just send things back and forth. Mm-hmm. And yeah. WoW was the same way. You kind of, like at a certain point, you'd run out of storage on a character. So then you would start, you'd make a dummy character and you would just send stuff to them in the mail. Um, and then send it back when you need. Mm-hmm. Are you going to play again this weekend for the open beta? Um, probably. We'll, uh, we'll see how much time I have. Because if, if it only runs through, well, I don't think I'm doing, like, do I really have time? Because I think but... it's it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday again. Mm-hmm. So do you, uh, do you think they didn't have Act 3 because either A, everyone fucking hates Act 3, or B, they didn't want people grinding Mephisto in order to get all the loot? Um... I'd say probably more B, because it does still use the same old Battle.net lobby system, basically. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And, like, you go in... You, they did add just a play button, and it'll automatically make you a game that has a password set. And it'll be, like, game, and then, like, a 10-number string of after it, and then the passwords. So you could then invite someone in. They would have to just type all that in, in the lobby. Mm-hmm. But... It also still had the go into a lobby, hit the button to see the list of open games, and there were fucking people doing Tristram runs, there were people doing Tomb runs, like, people were grinding the fuck out of that game. Yeah. Which is hilarious. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I wound up doing Tomb runs after I killed fucking uh, Duriel with the Sorceress. Yeah. It's like, eh, let's level up. Let's go do Tomb run, bunch of people. Fuck that act two boss, he sucks so much shit. <laughs> Yeah, the Act 2 boss does suck. Played that, uh, yeah. I'm trying to remember. Because he has Holy Freeze, and, like, literally he killed my sorceress in two hits if I ever got hit. Mm hmm. And, like, so, and especially being at that point, I was doing the firewall enchant thing. So, it would be enchant myself and my merc, go in, cast firewall under him. He murders the fuck out of my merc in, like, three hits. And then start running in circles, casting Firewall under him as much as I can, but you have a limited area, so eventually you might get stuck in a corner, and then you're wholly free, and you're fucked. Yeah. (laughs) Stamina still sucks. Fuck the stamina. (laughs) That's the one thing they should have taken out of that game, but was probably impossible to take out. They kept it in just for you. It's so dumb. It's so annoying. Because those are the kind of the only two acts where it matters. By the time you get to Act 3, you've probably increased your vitality enough that you just have enough stamina that by the time you kill, run into more things to kill, you're only like halfway down your stamina bar and will fill by the time you've killed the things. Mm-hmm. So it's like just super annoying for the part of the game where you fucking want to just get through shit because you're so low level and just want to kill things. But now you're running, like, you can't run anymore, so you can't get someone to kill. Yeah. Which tracks. But yeah. Other than Diablo, what did you think about uh, Back for Blood? 
I had two wildly different experiences playing that game over the weekend. On Friday, I just played with randoms, and it sucked shit. <laughs> that, <laughs> like, that, yeah, that sounds about right. It, it just was not fun, playing with randoms or with bots. Like, it was bad. Like, I was ready to just uninstall it and write it off and be like, yeah, I'll never play this game again. And you probably won't, even if, like, even if it was, like, a free game, because what are the odds that, like, you're going to have four people that are, like, available to play all at the same time, like, consistently? Yeah, well, at least it's not a thing that I feel like it needs to be, I consistently play with, or, like, consistently play. It's not like Overwatch or Apex, where if you stop playing for a while, you've now fallen behind, like, the skill curve, because it's PvE. So that's true. Yeah. And that th- that game didn't have a whole lot of skill required. Like, no, I don't I don't know because you played on PC, I assume. Uh, yeah, I was playing on PC. I was playing keyboard and mouse. How was the was there any aim assist with that? Absolutely not. OK, because um, like it I mean, Richie and I mentioned it last week, but like that shit's aggressive on console. Uh, I mean, I found myself mostly using the like semi-automatic rifles, which usually were powerful enough to kill a zombie in two hits max, if not. Yeah, exactly. But so even with those things, if you let go of the, the aim down sights and then push it again, if you were anywhere even like remotely in the vicinity of an enemy, it just snapped the fucking target on them. Yeah, no, that definitely doesn't happen when you're using a mouse. But like I said, I was mostly using a gun where I could just shoot a thing in the leg and it would die. Like that's how powerful the guns that I wound up. That I found myself liking using. What uh, anyway. what difficulty were you playing on? Just the default. Yeah, so it was like it's the easy. Essentially, I believe that's I guess the easy mode. Um, because like that was the mode I was playing on, and like my like my first like playthrough, I had people and I didn't have a bad time. Like we we knew what we were doing, but I also like I was playing it on Saturday as opposed to Friday. So like there was more people, more time. People had more time to know what they were doing. You might have been playing with three other absolute noobs that just didn't know what they were doing or didn't know the point of the game. Yeah, I mean, well, actually, honestly, most of the time on Friday I played with nobody. Mm-hmm. When there was nobody on to connect with, and maybe one person would join in. Yeah, like get dropped in, but then disconnect within five minutes. Yeah, so but, the, the, the bots are just bad. They are. Yeah. They need if if you if they're gonna make a game that forces you to have bots, they need to make a better AI. Because mm-hmm. like the the one instance like when I played the second time when I played last weekend or two weeks ago, whatever it was, um, like the bot went onto the mounted weapon and just stayed there when we were ready to leave. Mm-hmm. So like it's like, well, this is fucking stupid and we couldn't progress. As far as I could tell, we couldn't progress. So no, like, I heard other people had that same exact bug happen with them. Yeah, so they need they need to make the bots better if they're going to force you to play with bots. Which mm. if you don't have four people, there's going to be a bot. Um, they, but you said you had a better time later on. Uh, yeah. So then Saturday, uh, I was hanging out in the Discord. Um, actually, you're in that Discord too. Yeah. With uh, a bunch of my brother's friends. And I was playing Diablo while people were jumping in. But then uh, my brother's one friend started to play, was like, oh, I'm going to play some Back for Blood. And then other guy was like, oh, well, I'll join in. I'm like, oh, I'm fucking 
not really doing shit in Diablo. Let me get in there and play. And we fucking steamrolled through that game. Yeah. Like, we failed one mission once. Because mm-hmm. my biggest complaint about that game is it does a shit job of waypointing you at times. Like, yeah. It does a, sometimes it does a piss poor job of telling you either when you should be leaving a spot or where you should be going when you leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, we... it kind of does that the whole time. Like, there's that in the fourth act. Um, there's that one spot where you have to shoot the um the big like propane tank, uh-huh. and I I don't know if anything else in the world will trigger that if you don't shoot it. But if like you have to shoot it to knock down the wall to then bring a horde through so that you can progress. Yeah. Well, and also you're supposed to basically just run, like kill the first bit that come through. But don't just stand there and keep trying to kill them because they're never going to stop coming. Yeah, and you just have to stay as stay as like a group so that you can like basically watch each other's back. Right. But the game does a, t- a poor job of telling you, no, don't stand here and fight them. Go. And that's actually what happened to us when we wound up failing a mission was there was another mission later where we get to a spot, we have to uh, start a tow truck to move a car and waves of zombies are coming in from two sides and then coming in from a third side but we didn't what we didn't realize was really once that car was towed out of the way we were supposed to just go and run to this house that was at the top of the hill behind behind where the car got towed up from mm-hmm. so the first time we stood there and killed a bunch of zombies and then we were like oh i think we're supposed to go this way but by that point we had basically run out of ammo and tons of zombies that spawned on the other side because we sat around for two and then so we all died and had to continue and then the second time i'm like all right i'm pretty sure we're supposed to just fucking go as we can and so we did and like I, we barely took any damage going up the hill the same time. yeah let alone having everyone get knocked out you know so yeah i had the exact opposite with like the random people like we only got as far as the the boat part in the fourth act or whatever fourth chapter, uh-huh. but we got th- we got up to the point where you get to like the little militia barricade, and they tell you to go back with the bombs. Everyone uh-huh. ignored that, didn't pick up the bombs, and then just went back onto the boat and died. <laughs> and then the next two or three, however many however many lives we had, because that was that was our like the group's first death. Right. Every other continued through that level. We were dead by the time we got to the bridge. Before the before the boat, because nobody was helping anybody. Everyone was just rushing through everything. Yeah. Like they they weren't clearing out the mobs from earlier on, so they just kind of kept attacking while other mobs mm-hmm. were like filtering into areas. It was mm-hmm. just it was a fucking shit show. But yeah, and yeah, totally. That was the experience I had playing with randoms. But then playing with people I've hung out with on this Discord for a while, and no, in real life too. But like, it was way better. Although. That fucking beta ends. Either the last mission was bugged, or boy, is it anticlimactic. <laughs> like maybe both. Maybe both. How's it? How's I it mean, end? So, like, uh, we do a mission. We're running up, uh, like the inside of an old a mining area, and I don't know. Maybe it's because I actually was like blowing up the mine shaft entrances, or I guess exits on our way up. Maybe that's why no zombies came out at the, like eight zombies came out at the end that a, the bot just instant killed every single one that came out. Mm-hmm. But then so you get through that and then it goes to a new mission where you have to load giant like 
anti-air shells into a howitzer and shoot it at a giant mine entrance to close it up. And, like, you have to have to do that five times and it's this big loud cannon that like every other big loud thing in the game is like it's gonna have a a horde of zombies come and there's a fucking apc humvee with a minigun on it and like plenty of vantage points for people to be watching making it seem like there's going to be swarms of zombies come when you shoot this thing multiple times like i said eight zombies came out that the bot literally instant killed all of them before any of us ever saw them really yeah th- it's probably set up to where uh like you get halfway through blowing that thing up and you're getting bombarded where it announces like oh you should blow up these mine shafts in order to stop from getting bombarded while you're still trying to do this objective so but you would still think there would be like sure maybe since i cut off all these entrances going on the way up not as many zombies come, but -hmm. there's still this giant thing that I'm shooting at that, like, in theory, you're shooting this thing to stop all the ones that are in there from coming out. Mm -hmm. Some of them should still be coming out. Like, it's not instantly completely walled off. Otherwise, you wouldn't have to shoot it five times. Yeah. And, like, we're sitting there, and, like, they're, like, waiting... The other two guys are, like, waiting for zombies to come out as I'm running, grabbing the ammo and putting it in. And then just the mission ends. And it's like, wait, that's how this fucking thing ended? Yeah, it... That's weird. <laughs> I, honestly, I think it was probably there was a bug in there or something. I don't think it would have been... Uh, inclined to... Very inclined to agree. Yeah. With with how, like, buggy it seems to be that the game was, that this 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 beta was, like, it wouldn't shock me if, like... Maybe the zombies were spawning, but from the wrong point or something like that, and they weren't able to make it to you, or maybe every time you shot the thing, you killed all the zombies. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, you don't aim it. Like, you just shoot it. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, like, I had a way more enjoyable experience the second time around playing Mm -hmm. it with people that were actually communicating. Yeah. Still don't know that it's something I'll buy. Uh, so the cards, considering we played all ten, eight or ten, whatever missions there are, uh, the cards will repeat. Okay. And, like, I had more cards than, uh, I'm pretty sure I had more cards in my deck than missions we played, but, like, you, I had multiple instances of, like, the health increase card in my, whatever they call, in my active cards. Like, it would come up and I would be like, I could use more health, because the other things also, like, I don't need more ammo. See, I... Or whatever. I don't like that. I don't like that if your deck only has one health regen, you can have three in your hand. Like... I, I agreed. I, agreed. I don't like that. I, I'm with you. Like, I should have to have three health regens or health, three health cards. Yeah. Like, like it, it, that, that will make the game... Essentially, like, my biggest problem... My problem with the game, when we were talking about it last time... Like, you could have three cards in your deck and just keep using those three. If it keeps respawning the same cards that you have, and you can duplicate and double up on these cards, you could have two or three... Say you have two cards, and you can have them each five times. And those could be the beast cards that you... Like, no, if I have two cards in my deck, I should only have two cards available to me for the entire thing. Yeah, I I agree. 
Though I don't know if you can get multiple of any of the cards. Yeah. I, like, I legitimately don't know. Like, yeah. I don't know if there was a way to craft cards. Hey, there's uh, you could you could buy some cards during the beta. That's about it. And by playing the missions, you got enough money to buy probably all five of the cards that were available to buy. But like, I think your deck was like a deck of twenty, and so no, th- it's like eight. Okay, <laughs> like it's a small number. Yeah, and then like I did get that other card, and you can also find some cards throughout the world as you're playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes there are both like common cards, which would be like a plus five health or whatever. But then there would also be like cards you would have to actually pay some of your copper for yeah. that were more like get health on melee or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, no, your deck is not that many cards. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So I guess that that is back for blood. That is back for blood. It is back for. That's in the number. There's a lot of blood in that game. <laughs> like Be- your characters get are a fucking bloody mess. Yeah, that's that is that is like, like I was running around using the knife and I was just getting all bloodied all over. Like ridiculous bloody. Yeah. Yeah, it's it they're it, the name fits. <laughs> I wonder if that is a mechanic or if that's just cosmetic. No, like, was... if if you get soaked in blood more than somebody else or the zombies more likely to come towards you than that someone who's not as bloody. That would be cool, but I doubt it. Yeah. I also feel like it should be the other way around, like in Walking Dead, when they cover themselves in zombie <laughs> stuff. You're, you're the zombies right. are less likely to go after them. You're right, because they're covered in zombie ichor and goo that the zombies would smell as their own and not of something else. Yeah, exactly. With, with as uninteractable as a lot of shit in that game was, I doubt that's a mechanic. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that one. I've watched season two and the beginning of season three of Titans. Mm-hmm. It's it's a good show. I like that show. Yeah, I I've been meaning to get back to it. I I thought they like just announced season three. I didn't realize it was already dropped. So only oh. the first three episodes are okay. out because it, it's an HBO show. So it is a weekly release. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you watched season one, I think, right? I did. I I watched season one. I really liked it. I just never because it was I I didn't have Plex at the time, so I didn't have a way to watch it when season two came out, and then it came to HBO. Just never got around to watching it since it's been on HBO. Yeah, I mean, I had a very similar thing. Like, I think season two released in fall of 2019. Mm-hmm. I watched the first episode of season two because that is technically the end of season one. Like, yeah. I don't know why they split it the way they did, but, like, season one ends on it. It's a cliffhanger that doesn't make sense as a season finale. Yeah. Because it's just, like, the end of a regular episode prior to the, the climactic fight. And then episode one of season two is the climactic fight. Yeah. But, yeah, I watched all of season two and most of three last week, and they do a good job with a lot of stuff in that show. Like, I think that they did a really good job with their cast. Like, the cast is really good in the roles. I don't think they necessarily write the characters great as representations of the comic book characters, though. Like, Dick in in particular, like, Nightwing, Dick Grayson is supposed to be, you know, like, the hopeful guy. Like, he's kind of like the antithesis of Batman. He's yeah. hopeful and energetic and looks on the bright side of things and is quippy. And in this show, he very much is like Batman Jr. Like, he's broody and withdrawn and kind of... He has a lot of self-doubt about things. And even by the end of the season, like, he's still... he is That is still his character. 
and like it works for the show they're doing, but not as like a, rep- a good representation of Nightwing. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Yeah, He's... but like other than that, like they do a good job with the char- like the actors are doing good with the characters, and the writing is good. Like it, like it, it works for the stories they're telling. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is a minor spoiler, but I'm not gonna give away any of like the details. So at the end of season two, there are kind of like two two big fights in the last episode. And I mean the the name of the episode is Nightwing. So that is the episode that that he becomes Nightwing. Like that yeah. that's the minor spoiler. But there are two fights. One of the first one is like literally Dick showing up as Nightwing for the first time. And then the second one has a better scene of him showing up as Nightwing. Um and it's just it's funny I feel like they should have swapped these two fights because it would have just been more impactful. So the first one against one of the the antagonists, it's really just Dick and like three of the other people are in a van behind him. The second fight, if they would have like swapped it, um, what what is the second fight would have actually gotten the entire team together to then have the final fight between Dick and the main villain. Yeah, and it would have just felt so much more like accomplished and like a better flow. Cause like I said, the, when Dick shows up at the second fight, it feels like a better entrance than he had as Nightwing for the first time in the first fight. Yeah. And they just run into each other. Like, it's not like stuff happens between it's one fight finishes and then it cuts to the next one, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, like it, it was a, it was a fun second season, little disjointed with the storytelling, um, but like intentionally, they were do they do this thing throughout it where something will happen and it'll be like a cliffhanger, and the next episode is a flashback. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's like super frustrating because you want to know what happens, but then like that flashback ends up telling you all of the information you need to know for what happens next. Yeah, they they did that quite a bit in uh, season one as well. I think. I don't remember it as much in season one, and there weren't as many instances of, like, near-death things as there were in this one. Yeah. Like, like there is one scene where you know the character isn't going to die because it's obvious they're not going to die, but you have no idea how they're, they're going to accomplish what they're doing. And the next episode after it ends on, like, the cliffhanger of almost death is, a, is an hour of a flashback leading back up to that point from, like, another perspective. Yeah. Um, and they do that a few times where, like, the... And, it's actually it ends up working out once you see both episodes. But when you see the flashback in the next episode, you're like, "Fuck! I just want to know what happened." Yeah. Like, tell me what happened first, and then tell me like the the history of why this happened. Yeah. Like, actually, let, I let, think in season one they did it that way instead. I think actually they would do the cliffhanger, have the outcome, and then tell you why the outcome was like such a big deal. Or you know, what? I think that's right. Um. But yeah, other than, other than that, season two was was just cool because it, it definitely dipped into the like the mythos of the team more. Because mm-hmm. that first season, like you knew that they had been a team and they had split up, and they weren't really back together. Like by the end of it, they were kind of like begrudgingly back together. But then come season two, they actually have to come back together, and there's a lot of there are moments of like actual camaraderie because at least like the the original members like they were all friends. Yeah. But then, like, a thing happened that sort of drove them all apart. And then, so in this season, you have these moments where there's, like, downtime where they're, they're, you see the camaraderie. But then there's also the points where they're all butting heads because none of them really want to be there because of what happened to them before. Yeah, yeah. Also, totally unrelated, I just, this just popped up. Um, Anthony Mackie officially signed on to be in Captain America 4. 
So Captain America 4 is actually happening. I, I would hope he would officially sign up to be Captain America. Hey, you never know. Um, but yeah, so season two plays out, and then it rolls into season three. I feel like they dropped a few characters, though, for, like, no good reason. Um, so there's a character that plays plays out through most of season two that at the end of season two, she is with them still. And is just not there. Like, hasn't even been mentioned in season three. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if they were just trying to, like, bring the cast down or what. Um, but they're they're doing the Red Hood storyline. Like, that, that, that was announced, like, forever ago. That they, yeah. they're, they're going to do Red Hood. Um, I feel like it's not quite earned yet, though. Like, they didn't give us enough time to, like, get to know the characters before you're going to do that story. Well, and you can say this because... Uh, honestly, I feel like he should. Did, did Jason Todd die in season two? No. Which is bullshit. Fuck Jason Todd. Um, I li- see, I th- he's actually, like, I like what that actor does. Like, he, uh, he he's a great he, Jason Todd. He's doing Todd. a really good job. Like, he is not the Jason Todd that you would expect from the comics, but he does a really good job of kind of being like, he's got like an inferiority complex. Yeah. And like, but like, he's got skill. Like, there's a point in season two where he beats a villain that um, the the original team had trouble with and, like, just fucking destroys him. Yeah. And the only reason it didn't work out for him is because another villain showed up that mm-hmm. is better than him. But, like, he was he was holding his own, like, the whole time. But then, like, he does something else stupid or, like, gets angry at somebody and, like, goes and becomes, like, a moody teenager. Yeah. Uh, but, like... They are they are doing that redheads hood storyline with him in season three like that that was like the big thing they announced for season three and just like even the marketing mm-hmm. um and I just feel like it it hasn't quite been earned yet because you didn't get a chance to like Jason didn't have a lot of interactions with I feel like the team as a whole because in a lot of the like in season two it was he went off on his own to try and catch the villain to kind of like prove himself and then he got captured and then he got saved. And then the team split up and he never came back. So, like, he kind of, like, got isolated right away. And you're like, all right, well, why is he going after them then? Like, there was never really a reason for him to be angry at them. Yeah. Whereas, like, I feel like if they would have done one more season before that, they could have just built up that animosity a little bit more to make it feel more believable. Mm-hmm. Um, they did they, they did introduce Barbara Gordon in season three, though, too. And that's been interesting because she is... She's a different take on the character. She was still Batgirl at one point. She was still shot by the Joker um, and is in a wheelchair now. But rather than being like Oracle, she's actually the commissioner. Yeah. Um, like her dad is dead and and she is now the commissioner. Yeah, I did see that in the trailer. Yeah. But it, the season three looks good. I, I'm going to get around to watching one and re-watching one and then watching two at some point. But like, I, maybe it's, maybe it's this weekend it. or next weekend I might get around to it. Yeah, and I, th- I feel like in season two, like, all of the characters really, like, start to come into it. Like, I did not care for Hulk, which was, was Hank in the first season. Yeah. Um, like, he was just kind of, like, that guy. Like, he was kind of an asshole. He didn't really bring anything to the team. But then, like, in season two, like, he's still, like, an asshole. But, like, you actually, like, you you grow to like him more. Yeah. And they, they introduced Superboy, which was neat. And yeah, Crypto. and Crypto. They introduced Crypto at the end of season one. No, but, like, Crypto and Superboy are actually part of the team in season two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they are two main characters. And both of them carry on in the season three, too. They, yeah. Though they change dogs, it is not the same Crypto in, in the second season. No. And I I think they use multiple dogs anyway, but, it like, the dogs look, like, considerably different 
between seasons. And I, it might just be because there there was a two-year gap between seasons. Yeah. But because I watched them back-to-back, I'm like, that is not the same dog at all. Like, yeah. they're, they're not even good lookalikes. That makes sense. <laughs> but it's still fun because, I mean, it's, it's it's crypto. Who doesn't want a dog with superpowers? Yeah. But, yeah, if if anyone hasn't watched Titans, it's worth checking. Like, it's a it's a well-done one of these shows. And because it's on a premium network thing, um, they can they can be violent. They can curse. Like, yeah, they can actually do things in it that you're not going to get away with on like a CW show. Yeah, it was it. They they did really good with season one. That was the only reason I would have gotten DC Universe was for that. Um, thank God, honestly, thank God that it failed so that they brought it over to HBO and I didn't need another subscription. Yeah, no, it's that is a hundred percent true. And just there is a just. As far as, like, the writing and, like, just the acting goes, there's a scene in season two. Um, it's, a, it's in the later half of season two. It's Corey and Rachel driving in a car. I forget where they're driving at the time. Um, but they basically get into, like, this big argument where they're just fucking yelling and cursing at each other. And it's mm-hmm. just, it was hilarious and wonderful because it's, like, a 16-year-old girl screaming at, like, this adult woman. Yeah. And, like, and, who's also an alien with, like, super fucking cosmic powers and shit and they're just arguing like i don't fucking care what planet you're from yeah that's awesome yeah it was very good i liked it a lot but yeah so i also watched or i watched a few episodes of this show called skate the infinity Mm -hmm. and rich i think this is the i I think you would love this show oh yeah why is that all right do you have any fondness for like the goofy 80s and 90s like teen sport comedy movies where like you know, kid moves to an, or even like the early two thousands, like kid moves to a new town where like the the thing he used to do he can't do anymore, so he learns how to do like the new thing. Dude, my favorite movie of all time was was, was Sandlot until I got older. So not quite Sandlot level uh, of this, but I'm think talking more like um like the movie Airborne with the kid from California who was a surfer and then had to move to like Cincinnati with his cousin Seth Green and started doing like downhill um rollerblading competitions. I never, I never seen that. Or what was the, the? There was the Disney Channel original movie about the Hawaiian kid I, who I moved to like tell, Alaska. I can tell you now, I never seen it because I wow. didn't watch Disney Channel. I didn't have Disney Channel until I was mid-teens. Oh, okay, that's fair. Yeah, because this show would have been like, or that I never saw the whole movie, but I just remember bits of it, and it would have been like the late nineties. I want to say like ninety-eight, ninety-nine. Mm-hmm. Um, ice cream. Yeah, you guys want ice cream? Yes, but you're all the way over there. Uh, so in that case, so this show, um, it's about skateboarding. Uh huh. And it's Studio Bones who does um My Hero. They also did like uh Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood and everything. Um, like they're a they're like one of the best animation studios in Japan, and it's totally original. Like it's not based on an existing manga or anything. But they do these um these downhill skateboarding competitions where everyone's a fucking caricature and it's great. It's like they took all of the bullshit race stuff from uh, Fast and the Furious and shoved it into Japanese skateboarding. Okay. Uh so the kind of like premise behind it is the main the, the one of the two main kids is like an actual skater like he's been doing it for years. He actually builds his own decks and works at a skate shop in town and everything. Um and he goes to the these competitions and I get the impression that like he's like mid-tier 
Like, he's not bad at it, but he's nobody special or, like, memorable either. Whereas you have these other characters that go to this thing that are, like, mythological to everybody else. Like, when they see them, they're all like, oh, my God, that guy is here. Mm -hmm. And, like, yeah, just everybody is, like, this weird caricature where during the day they're – it's a lot of adults with jobs. Like, one guy runs, like, a calligraphy studio where he also makes advanced AI. Another guy runs a restaurant. Um, A third guy is a florist. And then at night, they put on funny costumes and go skateboard. Yeah, okay. Um, But then the other main character is a kid. He's a Japanese. He's half Japanese. He's from, he grew up in Canada, though, snowboarding. So he comes to, to Japan and, like, by happenstance, ends up at this, this competition because he gets a job at the skate shop also. And he gets basically forced into one of these races, and he can't stand on the skateboard. As soon as he stands on it, he falls off of it. So he duct tapes his feet to the skateboard and treats it like a snowboard. Mm-hmm. And it's just the dumbest shit I've ever seen, but in the best way. Okay. That sounds stupid. I like it. Like, stupid in, like, a good way. Yeah. Like, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. And, like, the level of just... So in the in the first Fast and Furious movie, or in the second one, when it was still... And even the third one, actually, when it, when it was still about racing, um, it's got the same chaotic energy as, like, the... Um, the race wars from the first movie or the opening race where um, Ludacris ra- has somebody raise the fucking drawbridge while they're racing across it. Like, it's got that level of just, like, bullshit going on. Yeah. And, yeah, it's it's a it's a fun show. It's also only 12 episodes. It, it got renewed for a second season, but that this season literally just finished airing, I believe. So it's actually fairly new also. Sorry, I was being texted. Uh, yeah, it sounds sounds pretty. Uh, it sounds like something I could definitely watch. Um, and and enjoy just because of how ridiculous it is. Um, I, I I'll have to check it out. It's not available on anything that I have right. No, unfortunately, it it is a Funimation exclusive, as far as I know. At least the dub definitely is. I don't know if the sub is on like Crunchyroll or anything like that. Yeah, but like. It's definitely one of those things, like, because it's only 12 episodes, it's it's 12 half-hour episodes, like, even if you did, like, a free trial of Funimation, like, you could definitely watch that in the, the seven-day or however long the trial is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if you just did, like, an hour a day, you'd still get through it before the trial ended. Yeah. Um, And I've, I, we've actually only watched two episodes so far, but, like, it was so, like, over-the-top dumb that I'm just like, I'm going to talk about this because this is just two episodes in and it's already a bunch of fun. It it's cool. it, yeah it does sound pretty cool pretty fun and I kind of do want to check it out. I guess do you guys want to talk about this wrestling bullshit? Speaking of cool and <laughs> uh, that's the end of the podcast, right? Speaking of cool and fun, yeah. Okay, not at all. No, no. Nah, you guys got to tell me what y'all thought about the wrestling. Look, I'm glad you like it. I don't, and this pr- gives me I I have notes of every fight. And okay. I, I don't know how you want to do this. I saw Richie's notes. Like, he, he took legitimate notes. I mean, if you took legitimate notes, I would like to go through your notes and right. hear what you, like, I, I have a handful of questions that are super high level, pretty generic questions. So, like, I'll either sprinkle them in as we go or save them for the end. Like, Well, let's do but, this. Rich, okay. since you took really, really good notes, I'm going to just give my kind of, like, quick opinion up front. Because I did not take notes. Okay. Um, I, I did watch it while I was working. So, like, I, w- I wasn't working a lot. Like, I didn't really have anything going on. So, like, I was paying attention to the whole thing. But it was still one of those things, like, it wasn't the thing that I was 100% focused on. So, I wasn't sitting here, like, noting as people did stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I will say the only two matches that I actually thought were like ninety percent enjoyable were was the ladder match and okay. um and the the female match the 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 one with Re- the agreed the on two Japanese women agreed yeah. on both of those and I will add okay. the first match the triples uh, match okay. okay. That, that actually, was okay. The triples match was my favorite match of the entire night. Cool. Also, like, like those are six. Well, I don't know a ton about Marco Stunt. He hasn't really been around a lot lately either. But like the other five in that match, the SCU team, Kazarian and Daniels, they've been they've been wrestling for like twenty five years as a tag team. <laughs> like pro- they've probably been a tag team longer than Jungle Boy has been alive. Yeah. Jungle Boy. Um, that was I my... did appreciate that that one thing about being like alive. That they they one of the announcers mentioned it um, during the Jericho match at the end. That Jericho has been wrestling longer than his opponent has been alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Jungle Boy is Luke Perry's. Really? Yes. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, like so. I those were the two matches that I thought were the most entertaining. Um. Most of them, and and this was even watching it sped up a little bit. And like, I don't know if you guys have watched YouTube videos like sped up a little. Like, it doesn't distort any of the audio. Like, I could s- still hear and understand all of the mm-hmm. the commentary, no problem. Um, some of the moves actually looked a little cooler. I'm thinking because they were sped up. Um, probably some for sure. But like for the most part, I felt like all of the matches went on too long, and they would start out fun. And as like as far as like that stuff goes, like they they'd be doing neat stuff. There was a lot of athleticism on show, but then within like a few minutes of the match starting, both the guys were just on the ground because they were supposed to be exhausted from throwing each other into the rails and j- diving off the the ring and everything. Yeah, to the point where it's like, all right, now it's fifteen minutes of them just very slowly doing things at each yeah. other. Like I I used to watch when I would wake up, and by used to I mean like I was mid twenties. Wake up on Saturday mornings and turn on CW because they had all the anime. But the first thing they would show is like Saturday Slam from WWE, which is essentially the truncated versions of a lot of the fights from throughout the week. It was a half hour show and they would cut out all the, um, the wobbling and the, 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 like the setup and just show the fight. I was entertained by that. But with like, for instance, um, Omega vs. Pack, that fight was about 35 minutes long, and more than half of it was, the, like, set up and just them rolling around. And I was just absolutely bored. Omega vs. Pack was the worst fight, in my opinion. Yeah, now, I was actually super... I, I'd probably say second worst fight, but right now I think it's worst fight. Like, that... I, I was actually super bummed by that, because Omega was one of, like, four people in the whole thing that I knew. And I'm like, oh, cool, like, I know that guy, he's in the video games, he likes fighting games... Um, I know some of his moves are, like, video game adjacent, mm-hmm. and then, like, that match was just super boring. Yeah, um, that probably had a lot to do with that was a literal, like, last-minute change. Like, that match wasn't supposed to happen at all, but the week before, uh, the guy Kenny Omega was supposed to wrestle, John Moxley, who was Dean Ambrose in WWE, got a major staph infection in his elbow and could not... Mm-hmm like was not clear to wrestle and actually Pac had just been coming off a nasty cut on his thigh they mentioned so, that 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 his thigh yeah. was like heavily taped yeah. and like the there were pictures of the cut you could like 
see muscle is how mm-hmm. deep that cut he got was. So he was not 100% going into that match. And, like, they had no time to prep for that. Yeah. And, Rich, you and I very briefly just kind of, like, threw opinions at each other to see if, if we had a similar take on it. And I think we were both kind of on the same page that a lot of this, like, uh, wrestling in general tends to be, and I don't, I don't know if AEW is the same way, but, you know, there's, like, the storyline that kind of builds up to the fight that makes you care a little bit more about the two guys going against each other. Yeah. And watching this with no idea what any of the the characters are or anything definitely hampers the ability to be like, oh, like, I understand why these two guys are going at each other as hard as they are um, because there's some animosity between them. Like, the, you don't get any yeah. of that watching this for just watching this for the first time with no nothing preceding. Oh, I, like, totally agree. Because, like, for instance, in the Spears versus Rhodes fight, we're, we're going a bit ahead. But, like, in the Spears versus Rhodes, there's – they were saying that there's history between these two guys and it was big and – I don't know any of this. So none – like, they had coaches, like, 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 uh, 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 outside coaches or whatever, like, uh-huh. whatever they're called. They had, like, ring coaches. That's the word. They had – each had ring coaches. I, 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 like, my first note is, who is this old-ass man with Spears? That was my first note on that fight, because I had no idea who this guy was. Like, my third note was, puppy, because there was a puppy. <laughs> Only that, Cody's dog looked terrified. He did look terrified, but it's yeah. loud. Like, what do you expect? And um, I knew who Arn Anderson was. I recognized him from, like, 1992. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> let, let's, let's, I, I don't want to go too far into the Rhodes vs. Spirits fight. I want to go back. But like, so actually, just real quick before we touch on, mm-hmm. like, start going through the card. Part of the reason I picked this was this was only like the third ever AEW show, so really a lot of it was there. There really actually wasn't a ton of backstory y'all were missing out on for most of the matches. Mm-hmm. Like, really, the codes, the Cody Spears match was probably the only one that had like storytelling that wasn't. Uh, here is a championship they're wrestling for. Yeah. Like, the Young Bucks and Lucha Bros ladder match had a bit of story of they were had been in a bunch of matches for this title throughout the year, but you didn't really need to know that. Like, you know that there is a title on the line in the match. Yeah. But I feel like but, their match in particular, because the announcers kept referencing how they had a history against each other, even if it was with other... Um, other promotions that you then saw that in the way that they were synchronizing all of their stuff like Mm -hmm. you know the the one lucha guy would be doing the same thing that one of the other guys was guys was doing to like their other half essentially Mm -hmm. and like you know they'd have those moments where they'd look at each other and then look back and then look at each other again and they'd both go like dive and do the same thing yeah Mm -hmm. and that at least like there was storytelling to that that made you wonder like okay well like what like what what is going on here like is there is there like the the in universe animosity between them, or are they actually like are they good? They they just both really want the title because mm-hmm. like yeah. you got the because they gave you some of the history for like the the Rhodes match. You did get that like the other guy had fucked him over and hit him with the chair and like busted his head open and all. So there was actual animosity between them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like you didn't get that for anything else. Yeah, well, like I said, most of everything else was like. There really wasn't. It was just here's here's guys like here like this was basically the start of everything. Okay, yeah, it, it's just like to me, I've I've seen a few 
I've gone and seen a few boxing matches with friends and whatever, and to find out that, and I guess this is normal for boxing, to find out that some of the earlier cards were more entertaining than, like, the main fight, that kind of just, like, to me, I'm like, that that kind of sucks. Like, you pay for this pay-per-view to see, because you want to see the big title match. You want to see the the Jericho versus, um... Hangman Page. Page. Like, you want to see Jericho versus Page, and, like, that was the longest fight. It started at, in part two of the, 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 um, YouTube, it started around an hour and 15 minutes. And it, and the whole, uh, video is an hour and, like, 58 minutes. So that was the longest fight, from what I can tell. Mm-hmm. Probably. But, like, a lot of the time was just for me, for someone who's not a fan of wrestling, it was a lot of showboating and just a lot of nothing. But yeah, like, and, and that's just and we and we can get into it further. But that's just part of the reason yeah. why I I can't get behind wrestling. Um, or I not not can't get behind. Like again, I'm glad you enjoy it, but it's something that I can't in, find an enjoyment out of because. And maybe I'm wrong in viewing it this way, but I view wrestling like WWE, AEW as a sport more than as a an entertainment value type thing. Like I look at it as if I'm watching baseball or football. But the rules don't fucking matter in this shit, and that. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, like that—that's that's where, like, as someone who's been watching wrestling for a long time, I, I'm there for the athleticism mm-hmm. and the storytelling. Yeah, I'm like, and that's part of why WWE has gotten incredibly boring because they really don't like to let their super athletic guys be cool and super athletic wasn't wasn't jericho like the head of the wwe for a while in their story oh yeah i mean he's been he multiple time wwe champ for sure well no i mean like didn't he take over like commissioner or something like that uh i don't know that jericho ever it was was like it was a bald goldberg maybe i can't remember it was a bald-headed guy that like big buff bald-headed guy famous wrestler i can't think of his name stone cold no it, it was probably it was triple h yeah Triple H, like, became the commissioner of WWE in the storyline. Like He's, like, the owner I mean, of the company. He, he, <laughs> is, he essentially runs the NXT show now. Like, I mean, he's vi- married to Vince's daughter. Mm-hmm. Like, like, he's, he's a legitimate executive. Okay. Yeah, he's likely actually going to take the company over, assuming Vince doesn't sell it. But, yeah. But anyway, let's get to your notes. I want to kind of hear some of your notes. So, uh, I didn't start taking the notes till the Cracker Barrel Clash, but I did okay. write down quick notes for the first two fights. The triples fight, sure. I wrote, it was great athleticism, fun characters, there were some cool combos and, and team moves, and I jotted down the time because Omegaverse pack took way too long. Um, but I, the end note for the triples fight was that it did start rough because there was multiple quick attempts at pinning right away. But ended with some entertaining moves and just the characters themselves. Like, I could get behind Luchasaurus. Oh, Luchasaurus is like, fucking great. I, I like Luchasaurus. I could do without Jungle Boy and his flossing. He, like, but like, no, that was Marco's stunt that did the okay. flossing. I, I could do without him and his flossing. Jungle Boy was yeah. cool. Then. But like, that okay. was to me. That was like the most entertaining fight to me. There was yeah, constant. No, that's, that's... There was constant action. There wasn't a, like a lot of like like like. I don't know. It was just, it was good to me. Then Omegaverse Pack. Okay. We'll move to that. Uh, I wrote, it should have ended sooner. Um, too much showboating. Way too much showboating in that. Uh, LOL at the cushioned chair, where I believe it was Pack was throwing Omega's head into the cushion of a fold-up chair. 
And it just, it made me laugh. Uh, that ending was wild, where it was a knockout by knockout, and not just by pinning. Uh, yeah, the the submission. Yeah, it was a submission knockout. That was, that was wild. And also, then... the level, the, like, the, the athleticism and strength in that one, too, because mm-hmm. you figure, like, the dude was wrapped around Omega. And yeah. he he was still holding him up as he was essentially doing a squat. Yeah, I, I'm like you could see how far bent Kenny's shoulders were because like Kenny his back was pretty red by that point, but yeah. like his shoulder blades where it was bent in were white from like being pinched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was wild. But like, like the like, fact that like he was able to hold a a 200 pound guy up after. All of the other stuff they had done through that for, yeah. like, a good, like, 30, 45 seconds, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, also act like he was losing consciousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, then I wrote, uh, because I think this was Omega's first loss or whatever, I wrote, uh-huh. LOL at the Devastated Fans. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was pretty surprising mm-hmm. that Kenny lost that match. So uh, was that his first loss for AEW? Because he yeah, lost yeah. before in oh, Japan, yeah, right? Oh, sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. And then pretty much, like, uh, I, I wrote, like, I, and for all of them, I have, a, like, a little blurb. And it's, uh, for this fight, it's, I couldn't really care for the moves that were completed as I was bored. There was too much time between them. The montage at the end made the fight look exciting, but the amount of time that it took to complete the moves between each just took me out of it and, and caused me to just be bored. Okay. Um, then we'll go Not to... Like, unreasonable. Uh, we'll go to the Cracker Barrel Clash. Um, I'm gonna. Th- th- this is when the notes start to get bigger, so I'm gonna try to skim through. But basically, uh, just flat out fuck Janella and fuck Island's mask or makeup. I hated that, but having <laughs> mask was really cool. So I'm about that. Um, fuck sponsored spots and shut up about Cracker Barrel. <laughs> um, and then like, lol at the empty staple gun. Lol at the paper cuts. Another staple gun later on. Uh, I got made because the Cracker Barrel barrel broke because they shouldn't be that 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 cheap. Um, and they broke two of them. Um, but that chair flip was really cool. At one point yeah. in the fight, he did... uh, yeah, when he just gets flipped and lands sitting in the chair. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and I was surprised that those were real thumbtacks. Oh yeah, they're real thumbtacks. The, the staple gun didn't seem real. Was the staple gun like the staple sta- gun was also real? Were there staples in it? Because he stapled his arm and there was no mark. Yeah, there was. I swear there yeah. was no mark. I swear the mark was from when he fell on the, uh, the, 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 um, thumbtacks. And that's where he started getting the mark. I didn't see a staple in his arm. I didn't see bleeding from his arm when he stapled his arm. I didn't see anything about that. Maybe, maybe I, early I on, now, early- now I'm questioning because they do reference the one, like the one prior pay per view yeah. where he did legitimately fucking staple gun a lit cigarette yeah. to that dude's forehead. So, so like maybe the Which early, maybe the early staple gun because there was two instances of staple gun. Maybe the early yeah. one wasn't full, but because it, this is I mean, he was just like, like shooting. Yeah, the, yeah. Either way, like whatever. Staple guns don't actually too far. Yeah. <laughs> And then, so, I wrote for this, the final blurb was, The use of the barrels and staple gun, although obviously made to be a gimmick, really took me out of full enjoyment. The consistent jumping backwards on the ground after opponent moved away also took me out. The chair flip was cool, though. Slightly more entertaining than Omegaverse pack. Also, the the guy using a skateboard to fucking, like, faceplant a guy. Yeah, it's skateboard that was cu- full of that, thumbtacks. That was, cu- thumbtacks. Yeah, that was covered in thumbtacks. Yeah. Uh, Darby, Al- I, Darby Allen's kind of become one of the big stars in the company. Mm-hmm. 
I did um, think his whole just demeanor was compared to everybody else that they showed there. He was kind of like the different one. Like he came out with like the kind of like sloppy makeup on the half of his face, and like mm-hmm. he just kind of walked to the to the corner and just kind of sat down and waited for the match to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was I, also like. I don't know, a hundred pounds and like two feet shorter than yeah. everybody else. So he yeah, just looked he, like an underdog. Uh, yeah. But he's put on some amazing matches and he's actually paired up with sting. Like tonight he has a tag team match Jeez. with sting as his partner. That's actually kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, like I, I didn't like him because of his makeup, but like, yeah. Um, we'll move on to the dark order versus best friends. Um, fuck the dark order. That's pretty much so, a lot of my notes. <laughs> so, Early Dark Order sucked. Everyone hated them. You, the crowd, totally not into them. The Dark Order have become the best thing in the company. <laughs> I, 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 so, But at that point, totally, 100%. Yeah. Like, they, no one got them. They, they weren't the characters they are now. So, and actually, fun fact, they, before AEW, those two guys, Stu Grayson and Evil Uno, were a tag team called the Super Smash Brothers. Okay. And they were player Uno and player Dos. That's um, cool. So a lot of their moves are video game references as mm-hmm. well. Like their finisher is called the Fatality. Um, they do a move, another uh, Mortal Kombat reference that where Stu Grayson will say "Get over here" as Evil Uno has someone like he just did like a backbreaker on him, and he has them bent over his and then will push them forward into Grayson, who then does whatever. Mm-hmm. I forget what he does, but yeah. he yells, get over here, and, you know, pushes him. Uh, yeah. Uh, my second note is, if the Dark Order uses the Creepers, creepers we riot, and, of course, they fucking did. Uh-huh. Um, uh, then I made fun of one of the guys from Dark Order for trying to look like Kratos. Um, yeah, okay. Then uh, I, I wrote, I don't like that a tag counts as the wrestler on the outside tapping the inside wrestler's back. That shouldn't be a tag. It should be they have to tag like hand to hand. The inside wrestler has to tag the outside, not the outside for the end. I did uh, not that, like that's that. That's how it used to be in like the nineties. Like the ref wouldn't let the the other guy in unless the guy in the ring like actively touched the other guy, not the other way around. I don't know that that's actually the case there, Cobb. But like that's how I remember it in like the nineties. The one thing I'll say that used to happen way more that you rarely ever see happen now is like. The other team distract the ref as the guy's about to get the tag out, mm-hmm. and then the ref go, "Oh no, no, I didn't see you make a tag," yeah. and then swap back in. But actually, also a thing that used to happen way back in the '90s was like the bad guys would just like it would it would always be the heel team doing this. They would just like be in the corner and like clap their own hands and then switch places. And the ref was like, well, I don't know, I heard a tag, so I'll allow that one, even yeah. though I didn't see it. But I heard them just make a noise, so they must have, even yeah, though that, I just that totally didn't like allow very, the other team to do it. Yeah, That does sound like a very, like, NWO DX thing from, like, oh, 1997. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, totally. And so I go into, like, too much cheating with both wrestlers in the ring, um, which maybe this AEW is... AEW allows that a lot. Which... I, I, I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, at one point, I think i might have missed when they actually tagged but i wrote big guy never tagged was a- allowed to do moves other friend was attacked by kratos ass fucker ref said fuck off so like <laughs> like the the one of the friend goes to attack one of the, the the guys in the ring 
And the ref is like, no, 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 you're not allowed to do that. But they've been doing it the whole fucking time with the Dark fucking Order. Yeah. And yep. so, so yeah. I just wrote my next line. Moral of the stories, heels can do whatever they want, and I hate it. Um, then- uh, but, so, the best friends, Chuck Taylor and Trent. Uh, Chuck Taylor actually lives in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and is a huge Sixers fan. Like, he, there was actually uh, one of the playoff games he was at, and was on camera at one point, and that, a tweet went around, it was like, hey, look, Chucky e. T at the they're hilarious. They're super cool. Yeah. Like, and Rich, just I'm just going to throw this out there because I, I, I get the impression that in your mind, or the way that you're viewing it at least, is more of like an actual athletic competition. Yeah. Where it was like cheating and all, but really like it's not. Like it's not really a competition mm-hmm. because they go into it already knowing the outcome. I, I know it's, this, but it's, it's an, like – It's more like it's it's more like a gymnastics um, floor exercise. I, like I know, I know like wrestling is scripted to the extent of like they know what the moves are going to do. They choreograph it and everything. And like I know all this, but in my head I still look at it as they're trying to pretend like this is a sport. I mean that's where you have to and- – suspend your disbelief and and, and, like, and that i just i can't do that like i can't sit here and be like like when in in and well in this uh spears Rhodes fight where fucking uh Rhodes tackles and sends spears into the fucking crowd i'm like this is a disqualification right here he shouldn't have done that like and then they ring the bell before Rhodes before spears even gets up to start the actual fight but that's wrestling. Like, that's the thing. Like, it's it's not an actual competition. And if you look at it like a competition, it really does make it worse than it is. Yeah. Because you have to kind of go in there with the – it's a soap opera where guys it's, – it's, I mean, it really is anime. It's a, it's a soap – it's a shonen anime. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's two guys with, a, with some sort of beef fighting each other in just a stupid, elaborate way, which is why, like, the – like the refs are some of the most talented people in the rings half the time, because oh like, my god, like <laughs> go the, ahead, go the way that like a ref has to move and act like they're not seeing the thing that's happening, but also like be ready at the at a moment's notice to be on the ground checking on these guys to make sure that they didn't just hurt themselves after doing yeah. something fucking crazy. Like you have to, you really do have to just like suspend belief on the fact that like this ref is oblivious to the people cheating. And that there's any real competition because it's really not. It doesn't come down to a competition of like who's the winner, who's the loser. It, like especially like that that the the Cody Rhodes fight that was that was a grudge match. It was two guys that just wanted to beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there was really no there was no like oh the winner is is now the number one contender or gets the the belt or whatever. It was just mm-hmm. no these two guys don't like each other. They want to beat the shit out of each other. They're going to do whatever they can to beat the shit out of each other. Yeah, and it, like, well, can I make a real quick sidebar on Cobb's comment about the refs? Sure. O- over the weekend, I saw happened to see a video on YouTube. One of the referees who now works for AEW, Bryce Rensberg, refereed a match in a different promotion between wrestlers named the Invisible Man and the Invisible Stan, who was the quote unquote the Invisible Man's brother. So it was just him, like refereeing a match with no people (laughs) but the crowd sells it because of all like his acting out of things supposedly happening yeah and like it was the dumbest best fucking thing i'd seen in a while because and and this goes into aew as well like the crowd and 
their reactions make everything. Mm. Like, the crowd makes wrestling. Uh, it's part of what I love about wrestling. And what, honestly, watching it, and a lot of, I was watching during work, and I would have headphones on. I was, I would get goosebumps hearing the crowd react to things. Mm-hmm. And that pushes things beyond the actual just watching them sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? Like, even as somebody that doesn't care for this stuff, like, I'll see, like, just just through osmosis, like, on, like, Facebook and stuff, like, people post clips of things. And, like, when you hear, like, the crowd pop for somebody, like, coming out for, like, the first time in, like, a long time or whatever, like, uh, what was the... Who's the guy that... He was a wrestler in, like, the the late 90s. Um, He was one of, like, the vampire gimmick guys that had to retire for, like, concussions or something like that. Edge. Yeah. I saw somebody post a clip, like, a few years ago of, like, him returning after, after I guess, yeah. getting cleared, like, not having concussion syndrome mm-hmm. anymore. And, like, hearing, like, the, the crowd explode and, like, the look on his face when he came out, like, that does, like, bring some emotion up, even if you're not a fan of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same as if you're watching a sports game and somebody might have gotten hurt and they're able to walk off the field, like... It, it the cheer for the yeah. person, no matter what team it is, there's always a cheer for the person when they can walk off the field. That's there. There, I can I can see that. I can I can I can feel that. But it's just I don't I don't know. I just, like and I even write um in my notes for the Dark Order vs. Best Friends uh because there uh, I there was like a bounce flip move off the top rope that like they I don't remember they like bounced him off of the rope and flipped him. It was really cool and I was like that's a cool move. Um. And then the creepers did their thing, and I was like, fuck the creepers. But I wrote for, like, my final write-up is, this is the, the shit about wrestling, professional wrestling, uh, that there are rules that lead to the good guys losing and the bad guys winning that I don't like. This is, like, there, there are, even though this is more for entertainment, there is technically a set of established rules in wrestling. And the fact that they don't care about the established rules, for me, it's just, it, it takes me out of it. Like, I can't, I can't suspend the disbelief of, like, these are just two guys having fun beating each other up. It's, like, this is a sport. I, I only see it as a, I can only view it but as a sport. it's basically, like, whose line is it anyway? Where the rules are made <laughs> up and the points don't matter. And I hate, I love whose line because that's funny. That's the thing. Whose line is funny. Um, but then I keep going, uh... Usage of bullshit like the Creepers and the heels discarding tag team roles constantly really does cause me to lose interest. Although this is for this is all for the story and lore behind the rivalry, and probably will have these two teams fight out in the finals of the uh, tournament of doubles, whatever it's called. I don't think this is suited for someone sitting to watch this for the first time and likely only. Like I know they were trying to build up to something, but I just don't think. Someone who's probably not going to watch what they're building up to with this fight. This wasn't really a good fight for someone like me. Now, Drew, I know you said that this was really like, like there weren't really like established storylines going into this one. No, because like they didn't have their weekly show on. But so all of the guys in this and girls, because there were the two female wrestlers mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. They were all established either coming from like WWE or Japan or like one of the other kind of promotions that you can see different places, right? Yeah, I, I'd, I'm trying to think. I'd say maybe Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy were kind of, and Marco Stunt were kind of the only ones that, like, this is kind of their big break. Like, they never really, they never were with ROH or WWE or New Japan or Impact or, like, any of those companies. But so, like, you coming into AEW for the first time, like, 
you basically knew all of these guys what their 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 histories were with each other if they had histories mm-hmm. and sort of like what they were capable of yeah so it wasn't so like for me and Richie we're going in there with like I said I I knew like three or four of the people but knew nothing about them as wrestlers. I just recognized the names because they've done other stuff. Like Kenny Omega has been on Giant Bomb. Cody Rhodes was on fucking Arrow. Mm-hmm. Like stuff like that. Uh, Chris Jericho has been wrestling for thirty years. And yeah, he literally he was the uh, only name I knew. I actually also I think this is kind of Darby Allen's big break. I mean he's been in Indies, although he's also only well like twenty four now. He was twenty two then. That's like, what they mentioned that he was twenty two during that during that match so like i'm i'm certain he did smaller indies but like i don't remember like i don't think he ever was in like ring of honor impact and i know he definitely wasn't yeah and i know like i haven't i haven't purposely watched wrestling since i don't know 2000 2001 ish like right around the time when the wcw and wwe like merged yeah it's 2001 was, yeah like that was when i just fell out of that stuff and mm-hmm. Like, from what I remember from them and, like, from what I've seen, like, clips of and stuff like that online, like, these guys were definitely doing more than they ever did before, especially in, like, the big, big places. Like, so, like, the moves and the flips and the crazy shit, like, you didn't see that level of athleticism out of, like, guys in the 90s. No. Yeah. Like, a a lot of the, it seems like the guys, like, the luchadors in the 90s would be the ones, like, on the top rope, like, just, like, flying through the air or like like the hardies mm-hmm. and stuff like that but yeah. like they weren't necessarily doing like cool stuff they were just doing fucking crazy stuff that like you couldn't help but go holy shit they just don't care about their bodies uh-huh um but i feel like everybody else like like the rocks and the stone coals and the triple h's like they were just big powerful guys who like part of their thing was just like getting hit and then getting back up and then getting yeah. hit and then getting getting back up and then doing their finisher and landing their finisher and getting the win and mm-hmm. it's like whoever got their finisher got the win. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to continue down your notes there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wanna, we're we're, we're we've going. Only got a few more. We're going long, but I'll try to keep these. Uh, I I started taking less notes as I got longer. Um, but Sheeta vs. Riho. Um, I really like Sheeta's intro music. That was really cool. Um, and I was really excited to finally see some actual like Greco-Roman wrestling and grappling for the first time in two hours. Uh, um. And then I got annoyed that, like, the crowd got mad that she hit the foam finger off someone by accident. Um, oh, I don't even remember that. Yeah, happened, she she but... hits, she's, like, high-fiving people. I think it was, uh, uh, Sheeta was high-fiving people or something like that. And somebody had their foam finger, and she high-fives them, and it, it pulls, like, the finger off, and, like, everyone gets offended. Like, oh, no! I'm just like, Why? Why is that, like, but, like, that's part of the crowd sell, and for me, I'm just like, that's, I, I don't understand why that'd be a big deal, but for someone who knows wrestling, you'd probably, like, probably pull you in more. What what I'll say is, not gonna lie, that's probably, honestly, the crowd more making fun of the dude for losing their foam finger it could than have been. her knocking it off. Yeah. Because, it... like, uh, I, I didn't even know, like, I, I did not know who these two were before they came to AEW, like, I'm not familiar with what they call Joshi wrestling over in Japan, mm-hmm. which is where it's, it's the women, women's wrestling in Japan. Like, so, do, do, so, does New Japan not have the the women wrestlers? No. New Japan has no women. Oh, there are, okay. There are entire separate uh, women's promotions. The big one in Japan is called Stardom, which 
the vast majority of the women that wrestle with AEW have come from. And I'm pretty sure both Riho and uh, Shida came from there. And I think we're both champions there. Yeah, like, their their match was one of the more entertaining ones. Yeah. And, like, also one of the shortest. Yeah, I think it was probably about 20 minutes. Um, and It actually felt shorter than that. It, it was, there was even, there was a decent amount of, like, rolling on the floor and, like, catching their breath and everything. But there was a lot of action in this fight. So that's probably why it felt shorter. But there was also, like, Riho did so many reversals on Sheeta. And yeah. I, for, I forget who, like, the, their names, but, like, the smaller of the two is who I think you're talking about. Yeah, yeah like, that's Riho. Yeah, she was just constantly, like, slipping out of things or, like, fucking, like, tumbling through. Like, yeah. She was, like, she, she was more acrobatic than anything. Like, just fucking, like, doing things that people shouldn't be able to do. Yeah, which is probably why, like, it th- this fight was probably more entertaining um overall than many of the others but there was still like a lot more of that a lot of that downtime because i guess for me one-on-one matches just aren't my thing um but i like i i i write that uh this is a cool match that started with some excitement and fancy moves potential speed of these two wrestlers made for an intriguing match but of course the tradition of professional wrestling there needed to be some drama all in all, if they were to cut down the BS of some of these uh, matches and just stick to the actual fighting, could probably get behind wrestling more. Admittedly, I couldn't last two minutes in the ring. But for a viewer who wants to watch wrestling, if they could cut out the time between moves, the times where wrestlers are catching their breath, rolling on the ground, Mortal Kombat wobbling, or anything besides doing a move, I'd probably find more enjoyment. Well, see, like, that's, that's where they have to balance things. Because, like, if they... They would also then get f- shit on the other way, mm-hmm. and like this was the big thing for WWE, especially with their women for the longest time, was they would give women two minutes, if that. It's like, all right, you've got two minutes for a match. Yeah, go. Like that's all you get. It it's the championship match. You get two minutes. Yeah, which I mean, I don't ag- like, I don't agree with that, but like I also like like Jericho's fight had no time limit. I don't agree with that. Give it a time limit. Like, I mean, it's the championship fight. Yeah. Like, I, you know what, though? Like, I like Chris Jericho. Like, I remember him from, like, the 90s. Like, he was always, like, he. I don't th- I don't know that he's ever been, like, like, um, like, a good guy for, like, any sort of, like, extended period of time. But, like. Oh, yeah, he totally has. Has he? Okay. Well, because, oh, like, yeah. he, he plays a heel really well. Like, he is. He super does. It's like Triple really. H. Like, they are, the, they should both just perpetually be heels, even when the crowd's behind them. Yeah. Um. But like, he's like fifty at this point, and like, just not as entertaining in the ring as he is on the mic, like yelling mm-hmm. at people. Yeah. Like him doing a promo w- against somebody, way more interesting than him wrestling at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, real quick, I will say, like, for the most part, like I'd even say, like, the ideal match length is like ten to fifteen minutes. Yeah. Yeah, which that, like, that seems reasonable. Yeah, like if pay per view matches are probably going to go longer, not necessarily always for their benefit. Sometimes there are like, and there are totally like hour long classics. Like shit, I almost if there was a nice legal way to have found uh, the Kenny Omega Kazuska Okada like seven star rated hour and twenty minute long match or something, I might have made you guys just watch one hour and 20 minute long or whatever the fuck it is match between those two. But like, I'm not necessarily going to go pirate things and it's probably going to be poor quality at that point. Yeah. 
but most of the time, like 15 minutes, 20 minutes is probably the longest something would really be good for. And like, I agree. Once things start to get a little longer, it can start to fall apart. When Chris Jericho is bleeding for 10 minutes straight, that's going a little too far. Yeah. Like, he literally was bleeding for at least 10 to 15 minutes before they ended that fight. I mean, he was basically bleeding from the time the fight started. <laughs> I, I mean, it was a close to 40-minute fight, so almost. Yeah. Um, well, well, so what are there's two matches left, right? Uh, three. We got uh, uh, Spears and Rhodes, which... Oh, um, okay. We've talked about a bunch already. We've talked about a bunch already. Uh, Cliff Notes is... I hated the ad- addition of the of the uh, the ring coaches. Uh, the random fat dude coming out of nowhere to to suplex or whatever that guy, whoever he was, he suplexed. Oh, Art Anderson. I don't know who that is. It's a double A spine buster, baby. D- so actually, and actually, the guy he hit the spine bu- or he did it. Did he hit both guys with spine busters? I forget. He I think did, he just hit the guy that Rhodes was fighting. He yeah. Okay. I think he did yeah. something to Spears and then something to the old man who was the ring coach for. Spears. But they used to be partners, right? That was the impression I got. Like, was the, was yeah. the other old guy one of the four horsemen, too? Yep. And okay. also, they were tag team partners when they left WCW and went to WWF for a while in the early 90s. Like, Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson were longtime partners in many different provinces. Yeah, like, I knew who Arn Anderson was, and I knew who the four horsemen, like, by name and reputation, did not know who the other guy was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just the final note I have for this fight was, I understand that this match was more about the story behind the two fighters and was the absolute correct display is why I hate wrestling. There was a showcase of some good athleticism, but if we're meant to believe that this is a real sport, there's no way this match would have progressed in an actual sporting standard. From the start of the fight, before the bell ringing, before Spears was even standing, uh, this was a display of poor sportsmanship and exact examples why I don't like professional wrestling. It's just, I can't, I can't remove that this is like, is it even actually, do they even actually, like, intend for it to come off as a real sporting event in, like, in-universe? Not, I mean, for, like, AEW, when they started, tried to, like, say that, like, they cared about wins and losses as far as, like, making it quote-unquote sporting, but, like, not really. Like, they never go, this is, like the be-all end-all of wrestling and the winner who wins the most is the the best. Like, they never make it out to be, like, legit sport competition. Yeah, I, it's just like, when you when you have, like, the actors shouting, do your job, ref, and the ref's not doing their job because they're trying to make it seem like a sport, but not really seem like a sport, but try to make it seem like a sport, it's just, I just, I lose it there. I'm like, do you want it to be a sport or not? Do you want to pretend it's a sport, or do you not want to pretend it's a sport? No, it's a shonen anime. It's just a poor quality shonen anime. Um, but we'll move over to uh, Lucha Bros and I wrote for a super kick because I didn't realize they were called Young Bucks till halfway through. Um, because their image said super kick. Um, I tried to call it that the Lucha Bros were going to lose because they walked under uh, the ladders, and that's bad luck. I was obviously wrong. But zero fear, man. Zero miguero. Cerro Cajones, okay? <laughs> um, there, uh, the, uh, one of the Lucha Bros looks like Sub-Zero, which was pretty cool. He does. That was pretty cool. I think that was Phoenix. So, uh, and I will say, legitimately, they are brothers. Okay. And so are the Young Bucks. They are, it was two sets of brothers. Actual, real-life yeah. brothers. Yeah. Because the uh, Hardys are actually brothers, too, aren't they? Yep. 
And, uh, let's see. This fight. Really cool style and athleticism. Yeah, so it showed a lot of good athleticism in this fight, but there were so yeah. many times within the first ten minutes that the the fight could have ended. Because all I had to do was get the fucking belt. There were so many times where the other team was not paying attention, but they had to create the drama, so they had to, like, slowly go up to where the announcer says, you don't go to wrestling school to learn to climb ladders. <laughs> but, like, not even just, like, how slowly they climb the ladders, like... You know, when they're climbing the ladders to dive off of them and hit somebody, it's like that that ladder is just an extension of them. They're they're up it and off it yeah. in in a second. But when yeah. they're trying to like move it to the center of the ring to climb it, like they're purposely dragging it out where they're like moving it back like they're just twisting it a few times back and forth to like make sure it's like level or whatever, like to give time for the other people to slide back into the ring to then knock them off when they're halfway up the ladder and Yeah. Like it, yeah, that no, stuff totally. just looks. It looks fake at that point, mm-hmm. which pulls you out of it because it's like, all right, it'd be one thing if this. And I was like I said, I was watching it at one and a half times speed, and this stuff looked too slow. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if if it looks slow to me, I can't imagine what it looked like just regular time. Yeah, of them like slowly trying to put a ladder back into place under the thing when thirty seconds before they just kind of like threw the ladder up and then like raced up it. It's like. Yeah. Just because somebody's not there, you're taking your time because the match isn't ready to be over yet. Um, and then I was kind of mad. I was mad at uh one of the uh one of the young bucks for removing the mask of one of the Lucha Bros. I was just mad at that. Which because- was that intentional? Because yeah. it- oh yeah 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 okay because like it looked like it wasn't at first, but then it looked like it did, mm-hmm. and it was just yeah, hard uh, to tell. I mean that kind. Of- well, I guess that makes it a little like that's good like yeah. you should maybe not know whether it was intentional but no i'm pretty like i'm pretty sure they were playing up being the heels in that match and that is a heel ass thing to do to try to take off a luchador's fucking mask yeah yeah i knew that and it was just like the way that they were grappling on the ladder and then the mask came off and there was almost this moment of like neither of them expected it and then the guy like held it up like haha i did it fuck you yeah that was definitely a heel thing to do like, that part was, but it almost looked like the, the mask coming off wasn't the initial, or the original intent. Like, maybe it was a thing that, like, the other guy said, like, while up there, like, hey, just, like, pull the mask off, I'll cover my face. Maybe. Um, so the final write-up is, this, uh, yeah, there's nothing else of note to put on here. So, uh, this was actually a fight I found very entertaining. There was a move where they bridged the ladder across the ring and the, the bars, and, like, DDT'd the dude's head, quote, on the ladder. I thought that was the dumbest move that they did the whole fight. Um, but overall, it, I was fairly entertained. Uh, there was plenty of times that this match should have ended early, and I still feel that a lot of the setup time and prep work, uh, uh, just, just was a waste. Like, they set up the double tables by the ramp at the front of the ring ten minutes before they actually used them. Oh, th- th- that happens all the time. That is, I mean, that is done on purpose. Th- that is yeah. Chekhov's tables. Like, you are, oh, tables got set up. When is tables going? Yeah. Someone's going to go through them. When? When? At- fucking Nick almost fucking dies when he finally does take that spot, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he goes down. Um, There was one point in the fight where there was just two tables set up. That, like, were just set up by the, 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 the crew. Like, none of the wrestlers set them up. It was just two tables standing there for no reason. So that they could do a double move where one of, 
one of the Each, Lucha yeah. Bros had a Young Buck, and one of the Young Bucks had a Lucha Bros, and they both doubled down onto the tables. And my note is, why were those tables there? There's no reason for those tables to have been there. Because um, it was a, a stairway to hell match. Uh, let's see. Uh, where was I at? Um, Splane Jazz's match should have ended early, and I still feel all the setup prep time just, just was kind of a waste. There was a large display of, of athleticism, and in the end, if every match was just like this, I'd be more on it. I could have done without the Ortiz stuff and Orange Cassidy, um, but I don't know any of that story or anything, so I don't understand the significance. So that's just me. That's not trying. I'm not trying to hurt the show for that. That's just on me. I did. Um, th- I I definitely thought that guy was going to also turn on the other guys because like he ca- he comes out and he dives through the ropes and takes out the one team. And then gets back into the into the ring, and because he's just got that like I don't give a fuck demeanor that, going that, on with that, his hands that, in his pockets, that Jake Gyllenhaal uh, look. Yeah, I just thought like when the other guys were like coming up and like hugging him and stuff that he was then going to like like fucking stun them or something like that. Oh no no, um, but like that was Orange just, Cassidy's great. <laughs> I was just like like I don't know the significance of that, but I, I was just like that is whatever that was dumb, but fine. Uh, but this was a very long match, but the setup made for, made up for it. Uh, the characters were the most interesting, most of all of these, of all the matches. Um, and hopefully the title card can hold up. Hopefully. Um, and then we have Paige vs. Jericho, which, let's see. Um, I just, I note that this fight starts around an hour and 15, and it better be good, because so far 1 vs. 1s are my least favorite. Uh, the ref says it's gonna be a good fair fight, and I laughed at that. I said, yeah, we'll see. There's only been one of those tonight. Uh, they started with some grappling for a little bit, which was nice. I, 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 like, that's, to me, that's wrestling. There's some kind of wrestling. Um, uh, she was the first ref to count for ring outs in the entire four hours. Uh, I mean, there, there was. Inaccurate, but also a number of the matches had, there were no ring outs. Like, well, there, there was the instance in, um, in the Rhodes fight where they were counting for a ring out. But then one of the ring coaches started pulling the wrestler up to, and the, 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 the ref was like, no, 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 you're not allowed to do that. And stopped the count for 30 seconds. So oh, I was, yeah, no, I was just fine. like, yeah. yeah. Um, I also could have done without somebody shit chanting towards Jericho. You fat fuck. I just thought that was a stupid chant and I could have done without that. Yeah. Um, because it's funny, like, Jericho doesn't look as good as he did 20 years ago, but, like, the guy is still more muscle than anyone in that fucking crowd was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, all of those guys ch- chanting, you fat fuck, couldn't last two minutes in that ring. So, shut up. Um, uh, Jericho could have, at, at an hour and 28, which is now 13 minutes, or, yeah, 13 yeah. minutes into the fight, Jericho could have won at least three times by that point. I'm like... Jericho could have won. He could have won. Right? Like, that's... He could have... But instead of pinning, what he, he showboated. Oh, uh, well... And it's it's the title card. It's wrestling. I get it. But I'm, I'm just like... This This is just my commentary on this fight's gonna be way too long. Um, And then I write that uh, they should have tried to stop the bleeding mid-match, because that's gross. But also, obviously, you can tell Jericho is supposed to win, because they didn't stop the fight after he started bleeding. Well, I mean, bleeding is part of it. At least AEW, because isn't WWE not allowed to do it anymore? Yeah, not like that. Like, Jericho intentionally cut himself to bleed. See, that, 
I thought that was an accident. I didn't know that that was an intentional bleed. No. I mean, basically all bleeding in wrestling is intentional. If if those guys are bleeding, they probably did it on purpose. Um, Like, if it's coming from their forehead, it was on purpose. If it's, like, coming from their nose or their lip, mm-hmm. unlikely it was on purpose. Like, they probably just said, oh, actually got hit in the mouth and oops, split their lip open. Yeah, but, like, your forehead bleeds a lot. <laughs> yeah, which is why that's why they cut there because you can do a super shallow, superficial cut that's not going to hurt you, but it produces a lot of blood, so it makes it look real bad. Yeah, but you're fine. <laughs> uh, then um, I but yeah, I wrote obviously Jericho was supposed to win the fight. Um, over ten minutes of Jericho bleeding. Uh, there's finally a disqualification threat in the entire uh pay per view. Uh, one of the announcers says it's as if Jericho knew it was coming. Which just made me laugh because we've already discussed that they choreograph these fights. Um, Cor- Drew, correct me if I'm wrong, but like going into it, like they're not necessarily like choreographed, right? Like they they have an idea of what they want to do, but a lot of it's just like in in the in the ring, they're kind of like signaling each other of like, all right, I'm going to go up, or you're going to go up, or what have you. Yeah. Um. Like, so big moves, like, probably a lot of the moves in the ladder match, they might have actually rehearsed ahead of time. Like, gone, set up the stuff, and done it once, and had, like, crash pads laid down, and been like, okay, we're cool being able to actually do this in a match. Like, the fucking Canadian Destroyer off the ladder, there's no way they didn't try that once mm-hmm. before doing it in the match yeah. to and that make makes sure sense. a they could do it and be and not kill each other and b that it would look good <laughs> like and, and you know what some of in, in that match in particular like some of like the the synchronized stuff they were doing they probably had that planned out ahead yeah. of time too but but yeah, most of it will be like yes like we know what the end of the match is going to be the guys have like their signature moves they'll talk about when they can, when they want to put that in the match, but then also a lot of it just is like, okay, here's how the crowd's reacting. We're going to talk about what we're going to do in the ring, mm-hmm. and like that's what a lot of the he- like headlock rests are for, is and why the camera will not be looking at their face when they're in those moments necessarily because they are talking to each other and going, okay, this is what we're doing now. Yeah, and do- doesn't the ref sometimes train like? say stuff to them too like when they're like on the ground and like he leans down to like check on them like aren't the refs actually like conveying information also yeah usually with from the ref it's going to be like how much time they have left okay what they're programmed for on the show it'll be like all right you guys got seven minutes left or three minutes left or all right we're we're ready to go to the finish now we're ready to go home okay but uh, like so the the botchamania youtube channel one of their main things is called You Talk Too Much when they catch bits of the wrestlers way too loud shouting out what the spots are going to be coming up. Yeah. But but yeah, no, a lot of it is them saying, okay, time to do yeah. it. In the- uh, so my, right, my, my like wrap-up for the Jericho match was, as a title card and title match for wrestling's sake, it was a good match. However, I don't understand why they needed to keep going after he started bleeding. I know that wrestling is scripted to an art of choreography, and even win- uh, winners decided before the match. So maybe uh, this is a question for Drew, which you already answered: is are the matches, are title matches scripted? Like, yeah, are like yeah. the winner, like Jericho was scripted to win that 
before the match even started. Yeah. Um, If it was scripted that Jericho was set to win, why drag on for over 10 minutes of him bleeding pretty bad uh, just to have him win? The instance he started bleeding, and obviously, to me, I thought it was really bad. Uh, They should have not called a winner, but Paige shouldn't have broken from the next pinning. It's just my opinion based on my understanding of how wrestling works. But... Now you know, that blood was intentional. Like, that blood was there to kind of make Hangman Page look strong, and be, but also to make Jericho look strong. Yeah. To make your first champion, your first ever champion, be like, hey, this guy won because he was tough. Yes, he was bleeding. He fought through it. Yeah, he's technically the heel, and, like, maybe that's more a better thing for the babyface, but still, like, you want your champion to look strong. Mm -hmm. So, to fight through the bleeding and all makes Jericho look strong. And, like, having a name like that win after, like, putting on, like, what to a fan probably was a good show, it probably makes that title even more significant to the fans. Exactly. It wasn't just, like, random guy who has only wrestled for, like, lesser-known promotions. It's a guy who's been doing this for longer than a lot of those guys have even been alive yeah Mm -hmm. um but yeah that's i I have like a final write-up which if you want me to read i can uh and i have my fight rankings if you want me to go over those i can well well, 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 uh, let me get to my questions first because we'll probably cover a bit of your final write-up because like i said these are pretty generic high level for um i guess you guys both kind of said favorite match already was it both the yeah. Lucha Bros, Young Bucks for you guys, or yeah, or ladder match was my favorite. The ladder match, Rich. You also liked the the opening match. I liked the ladder match and the women's match. Yeah. Okay. My, my number one was the ladder match for sure. Number two okay. was the triples the opening. Okay. Yeah. The pro- honestly, probably the same for me. Like those that that triple the trios tag match to start was a perfect way to start. The crowd was into everyone in that match. Like. It was a good way to st- mm-hmm. uh favorite wrestler or team from the whole thing. I would have to go with either Luchasaurus or um just the Lucha Bros in general. Okay. I mean like I I like Kenny Omega. I he didn't I don't think he put I, on a particularly good show there, but like I like him from outside of wrestling. So I don't know if that necessarily counts. No, it's fine. If, if nobody else impressed you more to like the the guys and 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 girls that did this like they were super impressive with like the athleticism that they had even if the even if I found the matches to be boring like they were or, still doing stuff that was well beyond anything I could ever do um but like just like as an entertainer like I I actually just like Kenny Omega like he he's yeah. fun and yeah okay um uh was there a particular moment that stood out to you? like for me it's that. Canadian destroyer off the ladder through tables like that's the holy shit moment of that show but was there anything that made like you actually went oh that was really fucking uh, all of the reversals from uh Riho like okay any, yeah like, like all that stuff was very cool yeah. um i also dur- during the ladder match all of those synchronized things um like not all of them were like super fancy but a few times like they did some crazy shit mm-hmm. like at identical times yeah mm mm-hmm. mhm and then just the uh, the 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 out by submission from uh, the Omega Pack. Okay, okay. And then uh, is there anyone that got you to want to know more about that? Like anyone that entertained you enough to be like, oh, I kind of wish I knew more about that wrestling. If you were to have continued watching, 
be the one I'd, that would you, you would want to get behind. I'd I'd uh, and maybe you can answer this. Um, I'd want to uh, keep track of the best friends to see if they win the tournament that they were talk that they were like trying to get their bye week for. Um, but also just um, the the two female wrestlers. I like I I want to I would like to know where they came from. I would like to know like the the Japanese uh, wrestling. I know Japanese wrestling is insane. So I would, mm-hmm. I would like to know like their history and maybe some of their previous stuff and see where they came from. Okay, Cobb, anyone? Like not in particular. Like the the guys that I already knew of were the kind of the ones that I was more like aware of already. So sure. like like knowing who Kenny Omega was going in or like Cody or um, Jericho at the end there. Like mm-hmm. I was familiar with them as far as like I knew they were wrestlers. Like I actually and like I've seen Jericho before just because he's been doing yeah. it for so long. Um, I've seen bits and pieces of Cody just from, um, uh, so Rich, um, he was who Stephen Amell wrestled. Yeah. Uh, who, Cody Rhodes? Yeah. Uh-huh. Cause he was, he was, um. He had all the makeup on at that time, right? Yeah, he was yeah. Stardust. Cause Stardust. his brother is Gold Dust, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so like, I, like, I had seen him a little bit from like just clips of that stuff from, what was that, like, oh, five, oh, six ish? Something like that. Like, it was early-ish seasons of Arrow is when that happened. Yeah. Um. But like other than that, like I don't really have any like it's it's not a thing that I that I intend on watching anymore. So I never I wasn't really looking at it as like oh like I'm interested in in these people. Yeah, d- totally. Just wasn't sure if anyone was like got you to go. Oh, cool. Huh? You know? I, I I did mention it to Richie. Like I wish we I wish I would have gotten to see more of um Kenny's like video game moves. Okay. Because I don't yeah. think he ever actually got to do one wing and angel. I think it kept getting no. stopped. Yeah. Um, so uh, he, like, he hit a V trigger once, I think. He hit the V trigger a lot of times. <laughs> that his like running knee attack is what he calls the, is the V trigger. He hit I thought it, like, he five... only hit... oh did he actually hit? I I know he tried to a bunch of times. I thought he only landed it once. No, like so re... towards towards the end of the match, he hit it a bunch of times and then like went for the like he had set up for the one wing angel, but Pack countered out into his submission finisher. I think he set up for one winged angel twice because I think he did it once yeah. and they didn't get anywhere with it. And then mm. the second time was the the one that he got um, knocked yeah. out for. But I the, the only time I remember him hitting the V trigger, it was like one of those visceral ones where like you heard the fucking yeah. impact, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, oh, how do you even fake that? Jesus Christ! Uh, you slap <laughs> the shit out of your thigh. No, no, I know that, but it's <laughs> but... just like. Cause like there was like yeah, it was no. the smack and the thud that followed mm-hmm. was just like mm-hmm. Jesus. But uh, like the thing about the one wing angel is it has never been kicked out of as long as he's been like a name, like a big like no one ever kicked out of it in New Japan. No one's kicked out of it in AEW. Like it is maybe the most protected finisher in all of wrestling. Because like a lot of people's finishers at, at anymore like get kicked out of like once in a match at least no one's ever kicked out when he's actually hit the one wing angel a lot of people will escape from it before he actually hits it but okay so that's kind of how they set it up where like if he hits it you know he's winning yeah but he doesn't always get to actually hit it yeah and exactly does he still do like a hudouken thing he i've, I've seen in images while, of that where like he'll but... just basically hit them with his hands like he's doing a hudouken mm-hmm yeah, he hasn't done it in a while. And actually, I don't know if you caught, but uh, uh, Jimmy Havoc did an uppercut into a guy on the turnbuckle a couple times, like a guy that was up on the top rope. They that he called the the Shoryuken. Oh, I didn't catch. I remember him 
doing like uh, an uppercut, but I didn't realize that's what he called it. Yeah, the, and like the announcers even called it the short Yeah, I mean, so. I think that's that's probably the one thing that I feel like modern wrestling outside of WWE, where they just seem to be very strict about everything, has going for it is a lot of like the guys that are between like twenty and like thirty five. Like they grew up with like the attitude era where people were doing crazier stuff Mm -hmm. and like that's what got them into wrestling. But then they also grew up with like video games and anime and this shit where like people are just doing over the top bullshit that they are then going to, you know, iterate on themselves. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, Hulk Hogan's big move was a fucking leg drop. Mm hmm. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) And I mean, even like The Rock, like the the rock bottom was something because you're really like like in theory he's literally like picking them up and then slamming them down mm-hmm. but like the people's elbow is li- like you're just hitting them with their fucking elbow you're just taking the pad off first which yeah. if if done wrong can I... really hurt somebody cuz that's what Ry- Reichert broke uh Greg Miller's ribs or so- or cracked his ribs <laughs> at that one uh Paxmania but also like you're only you're hitting them with your elbow falling from standing up not like macho man coming off the top rope and like with an elbow yeah like, yeah exactly that's why, like, so I always found, like, the submission moves in a lot of cases looked, like, they don't look like they necessarily hurt as much as the, the wrestlers are portraying them to. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, even, like, the big guys are way more flexible than a human being should be. So, yeah. like, being bent in that position isn't necessarily, like, this, like, agonizing thing. But it's still, like, okay, no, I get that. Like, you're stuck in this position. It's really locked in. You, you can't wiggle uh-huh. out of it. Like, yeah, the only thing you can do at that point is tap out. But, like, yeah, like, getting hit with, like, the inside of somebody's knee that's slightly bent, like, that's not going to hurt your chest all that much. Mm. Like, there's just, there's no way that hurts you in any real way. Right. Uh, Richie, your uh, final thoughts? Uh, final thoughts. You know, I could just read my write-up real quick. Uh, It's not long. It's, like, a few sentences. It looks long because it's on a small thing. Uh, Overall... As good as this may have been for a wrestling fan, I personally feel this isn't the kind of show you would have watched a newbie. Honestly, I was wrong. I thought there was more backstory and stuff. Um, uh, without an understanding of characters and their past, and uh, and uh, and their past with other characters, and with drama, uh, a lot of the drama just goes over my head, which it still did because I didn't know them from previous wrestling formats. Um. Along with that, some of the matches ran much longer than expected, which lost it for me. There was definitely a good display of athleticism, but the entertainment value must have gone above my head. Actually, so I have a quick uh, follow-up question. Uh, how much did you, like, take from the crowd reacting? Like, did you even really pay attention to the crowd reacting I, much? I, I don't think I did. I paid attention to the fights. And, like, I, I, I somehow found a way to tune the crowd out. I guess I like I paid attention to the fights and maybe like I, like maybe there was like a few instances like I had a really good enjo- I had a decent amount of enjoyment for the first fight. But then the second fight, I just started to not like. So then I maybe it progressed into more and more of not really paying attention to anything besides like the things I don't like more so than the things I would like. So there could be that bias in there somewhere. Um, but, like, I didn't really get a lot of, like, feels from the crowd in a sort of sense. Like, it was just a lot of, like, I'm sitting here, I'm watching it, and I'm taking it in, I'm listening to the announcers, I'm paying attention to the fights, and just, there was, like, there was a lot of, I don't get this, I don't get that, I don't understand this, that probably took me away from enjoying what the crowd 
was maybe bringing in for everyone else. Cobb, did you really, like, hear the crowd, feel the crowd? I mean, I heard them. I wasn't paying a, a ton of attention to the crowd. Um, and a lot of that, like, I like I understand wrestling. I don't, like, and I think that's the thing, like, I get the impression, like, Rich, you, you, it seems like you didn't really watch it a lot when you were younger, per se. I never watched it when I was young. Okay. So, yeah. like, I at least grew up watching wrestling. So, like, I have that sort of nostalgia for, like, a certain era of it. But, like, when I grew out of it, it was one of those things where it's, like, I just lost that interest in that soap opera-y, like, over-the-topness of it in a lot of ways. Um, So, like, going into this, it's, like, I don't know what the mentality of any of these guys are. So, like, the crowd's reactions weren't having as big of an impact on it either because it's, like, they were cheering for guys where it's, like, well, I don't I don't know who they are and, like, what they're doing isn't particularly impressive to me at this point. Like, why are they cheering for this? Whereas, like, it, like for, like, the, the Jericho fight, like, I knew Jericho, so if he got booed or cheered, like, I understood, like, why he was getting booed or cheered. Or the same thing for, um, for Cody. Like, I knew Cody. I knew he was – he's, like, the head of AEW, right? Uh, him, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks are the four executive vice presidents. Okay. I, I, I thought they were, I knew Kenny Omega was also, like, some sort of, like, executive with them. I thought Cody was, like, CEO, and then Kenny was, like, another C-suite level. I, for, I, I think they all have the title executive vice president. Okay. But, like, it was one of those, like, I knew that about him. I knew a little bit of him from other things, like, because he's been on some stuff. Um, but, like, a lot of these, a lot of the wrestlers, like, I just didn't know them. So, like, the crowd, like, either booing or cheering them didn't really have, like, an impact on me watching it. I was just more like, oh, that was a really cool thing they did. And it's like, oh, this is, like, 15 more minutes of them just being tired and slow. And, that, I, and I think Richie had a similar experience where, like, that's sort of where you lose it. Like... All these matches opened up really strong mm-hmm. and then immediately slowed down because it's like they got all their big stuff out of the way up front and then they had to, you know, plan what they were going to do next, which mm-hmm. is understandable. Like, they have to do it so that they can put on a show and also be safe. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. there's there's a reason. Sorry if I'm cutting you off. There's a reason. No, you're good. That boxing has three-minute rounds or whatever it is. Like, they, they need And it's that, just punches. <laughs> like, it's just punches, but, like... They're beating the shit out of each other, but they do need that break time to catch their breath. And, like, understand that, like, wrestling needs that break time as well, but, like, there's a ring to ring, there's, there's a bell to ring once per round, or twice per round, at the beginning and the end. But there's no, like, if, maybe I'd be able to, like, connect more with it if, like, they did stop every five minutes or whatever, to let them catch their breath and somehow communicate over a minute what they're gonna do next. And I think that's the thing, like like Drew was saying before, like it's not so much them stopping to bre- to catch their breath, it's they're stopping to like well, yeah. coordinate their next thing. But for us, it's like, oh, like now they're just they're, they they're tired now, even if they're not really tired. So they're moving slower. They're this is where they're kind of like grappling, or they're both laying on the ground exhausted because they both hit each other at the same time. And it's like, cool. I understand this is supposed to be building like suspense for the match on who's going to get up and or who's going to pin who but like as a not fan and not having any story to like tie it all together it's like this this part's boring yeah i mean there is a level of catching their breath to things at times especially when they do the they're both knocked down that's way more a yeah okay here's here's the round break 
But, like, promotions have tried doing rounds. It's fucking stupid as shit. It's so bad. Mm-hmm. Like, you want to talk about breaking, like, any sort of suspension of disbelief? Like, fucking round system wrestling. Terrible. It's garbage. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. It's... I, I I don't I can I can I can enjoy box although I don't in, ingest boxing that I, often. I, I was gonna say, I, you know what else is garbage? Boxing. boxing. Boxing is terrible. Boxing is bad. It it is bad. Honestly, fighting sports Bo- besides boxing like, has not been good since the nineties. The, the the only fighting sport that I can get behind is the Valley All Star Karate Combo competition. Yeah. No, I mean the, that that is the, where real competition yeah. and real athleticism meet. The All Valley uh, Karate Competition. That's the only time I can get behind fighting sports. Cobra Kai never dies, dude. The uh, come I on, man, they... it's scripted. What do you like? They know who's winning. It's less scripted than fucking WWE. I think there's <laughs> no, also it's actually more scripted. It is maybe the only thing literally more scripted. <laughs> I think there's also less drama than the WWE. Uh, yo, how funny would it be though if it actually was less scripted and a lot of those fights they just got to like fucking mess with yeah i i think i think i i saw that like they just wrapped on season um uh whatever the next season is season yeah three. uh season four and it comes out in december yeah so december or january wait. um but drew and do you have any other questions or things no, that you want to no, ask us was, for this I, I don't think so i was i was surprised you put in that much work on making notes Look, if 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 we're, if I we're, appreciate it. I'm I'm gonna be doing it for everything, whether I like it or not. Like, I didn't take a lot of notes for Terminator because it was only two and a half hours or whatever, and I enjoyed it. So, like, I, I like I remembered a lot about it. It was easier to remember. But if you're gonna give me something that's like four hours long, I'm gonna have to take notes to remember. Hey, motherfucker! You gave us something that was six hours, long. and I didn't have so. to. I didn't have to take notes on that because and, I remembered and it all. He's, he's it listened to it. Every, to it yeah, I was gonna say he times. listens to it every year for the last decade. So uh, I think um, it's only been out for like four years, five years, like five or six. I think it was 2015. Yeah. So, but like, if if that were my first time listening to it, I probably would have taken more notes or had notes in general. Um, but it, I mean, I I can give you my final rankings. Uh, but we don't need to. Eh, was, you already said what yeah. your favorite matches. La- yeah, ladder triples, Sheeta vs. Riho, Jericho vs. Page. Okay. Cracker Barrel Clash is only at the bottom because of the advertising. It might have gone a little bit up and been more entertaining, but I was just done with all their advertising bullshit. <laughs> um, yeah. And then it's a tie for last between Omega and Pack and Rhodes vs. Spear. It's okay. just those two fights I did not enjoy. Yeah. So are you guys ready for, for what's next? Sure, what's next? No, but sure. We're going to watch some anime. Oh boy. Fuck. Um, <laughs> we're going to watch a show called, I'm going to probably probably pronounce this wrong, uh, Puella Magi Madoka Magica. I'll, I'll, I'll send you guys the name, I'll put the name in the show notes, it's on Netflix. Um, it's a magical girl show. Okay. Crickets. Uh, no, I'm, 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 I'm Googling it, trying to find out where it's at. It's on Netflix and HBO Max. Oh, I didn't realize uh, it was on HBO Max. I, it, yeah. There is a dub of it on, on Netflix. Uh, okay. It's 12 episodes, about 22-ish minutes an episode, so it'll be right around four and a half hours, so right around the, the, the length, well, right around the length of, um, of the, the AEW thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets weird. Um, that's all I'm going to say. No! An anime gets weird? Oh, oh no, Dritten, Dritten. No, a magical girl anime gets weird? No, but I mean, like, it gets weird in a way that you won't expect a magical girl anime to get weird. Uh, okay. 
Um, I, like, I, 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 I didn't. I did not pick this as a let's make Drew watch a Magical Girl anime. It's actually a legitimately good show. Okay. Uh, I, I will ask this before we wrap up, since this is four hours, but it should be manageable. Do we want to have this be a month-long one or a two-week-long one? If we want it to be a month-long one, I have my pick for the next thing that we could do in between, if you get what I'm saying. I think we can do the 12 episodes in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Even if you watch, if you watch one hour of it every other day, you'll be done it in time. You can watch one episode a day, and you'll be done two days before. Yeah, that's that's also true. Yeah, but that's I just wanted to throw that out there. If you guys like Drew, and do you you think you'd be able to do this in two weeks, a full season? Probably. All right, then then we'll stick with this. I know what I'm going to tell you guys to watch in two weeks. I think it's one of two things, but I haven't decided what. But I haven't. I think I know. But great, we're watching a magical girl anime. Is there a lot of fan service? No, there's none. Good. Then I can watch it on my regular TV. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. Actually, the the girls are actually a lot younger than like the Sailor Moon characters are drawn to be. Okay. Because I w- I want to say Sailor Moon is actually just like an eighth grader, but they treat them all like they are like adults. Mm-hmm. In this show, like they are all act. I think the oldest one is like ninth or tenth grade and the rest of them are middle schoolers and to be clear japanese middle school if i remember correctly it's like seventh eighth and ninth grade and then ninth tenth eleventh no seventh eighth ninth is middle school tenth eleventh twelfth is high school for japan okay they don't they don't do grades like we do so it's just like it's their first year middle school or their first year high school basically mm-hmm. but yeah so we'll, we'll, we'll watch that and report back in two weeks which would be uh the first of september uh we're, we were recording uh, on a different day that week because that's my fantasy drift on the first so yeah right. one of those days so the 30 I, I i guess it would be the 31st then yes so cool all right i think that'll do it for this week though because we did go pretty long talking about uh about wrestling yeah which is the, probably the first and only time that will happen unless Drew makes us watch another <laughs> uh, pay-per-view at some point. So that's just all I'm going to do. I mean, <laughs> the rest are on, like, pay services. So. I was I was fully expecting this to be a long conversation. Most of it was because of my notes. But I wanted to talk about it all, because that's what this is for. So, it was good. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, if in the between now and next week, if you'd like to find more of our content, you can head over to www.one-quest.com. You can also support us by going over to patreon.com slash onequest. If you can't support us there with dollars, though, you can go to your favorite podcast platform like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all those places. Rate us, review us, subscribe to us. Those things all help a whole bunch. You can also find us on social media, facebook.com slash onequestonline or at one underscore quest on Twitter and Instagram. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash onequestvideo, and you can always send us emails to social at one-quest.com. And then, Rich, I think I saw you are not going to stream tonight. No, I'm not going to stream tonight because we're just running late. I don't want to stream for just an hour. Uh, but t- tonight, uh, the day this show airs, which is the 19th, Thursday, Thursday the 19th, time travel, yay, uh, probably going to stick to the original schedule and play some more Monster Hunter stories, too. Uh, I just got Raise Wing Ratha after about 20-something hours, so I'm going to try to keep pushing the story forward from there, and maybe get some eggs, so come check it out. Two very quick things regarding your streaming. Uh-huh. Stop hyphenating PodQuest when you post about it. <laughs> I didn't this time. Yes, you did. 
No, I did hashtag podquest. No, no you um, on Facebook oh, you put a hyphen. Did I put a hyphen? Okay, I did. I guess I put a hyphen in the description of the photo, but in the hashtags I didn't do a hyphen. I'm dumb. And oh I'm yeah, dumb. no, you yeah, the, the, you literally put pod dash quest is running super late tonight. <laughs> um, but the other thing, are you still up for you streaming that game I told you I wanted you to play over the weekend? Oh yes, I forgot about that. Um, I should be able to do that this weekend. I, right. Do you have any idea when you might be able to do that over the weekend? Sunday. Uh, I'm, I even posted it on that post you're discussing. I'm going to do a special morning and afternoon stream on Sunday because, uh, to make up for not streaming today and to just get a couple extra hours of streaming. Okay. So Drew, just so you know, um, there's a, there's a Steam game that I'm not telling Richie what it is yet, but he's going to play the whole thing on Steam or on stream uh, on Steam also, but on stream, he's going to play the whole thing. Okay. Um, it, it's like a four to six hours, depending on how long, like how much he gets into. So it's it's relatively short. Um, but yeah, I'm not telling him what it is until Sunday. So like okay. he, he's basically going to download and immediately start playing it on stream. And Rich, depending on what time you're playing it, um, I might try and like maybe hop on Discord or something with you for at least a little while. Yeah, absolutely. I can have you on Discord, or you can watch the stream and chat with me to try to put my viewers up. Uh, well, I figured I would watch the stream. To, to see what you're doing, but I figured on Discord I can actually, yeah. like, we can actually talk and you can just send my audio into OBS also. You, you're going to need to wear, well, I mean, you could mute um, the stream, but you're going to need to wear a headset. Otherwise, it'll have the, your your audio will come through your Oh, your I, I, know how, I know how audio works. And Look, I, I, you don't like headphones, so I was just letting you know. I don't, I, but I, I'll wear the same headphones I'm wearing for this because... I don't like having um, voice chat come through speakers either because, yeah. like, I feel like it's going to get picked up by the microphone and just cause feedback. So that's that's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we'll talk about that more, like, later this week um, to set an actual plan for it. Yeah, for sure. I will text you uh, sometime Saturday, most likely, to get any information. But if you want to keep it a real surprise, I'll text you as soon as I wake up deciding what time I'm going to play on Sunday and... You can tell me to download it then, and we can even stream me downloading this game and us talking about it beforehand. That might work. Stream- um, streamers do some weird things, like sit in hot tubs and shit, so who knows? You're not wrong. Check that out all over the weekend. Um, otherwise, we'll be back next week with something else to talk about. Thanks for listening. Bye. See us. Bye.